Oh, that was sexy. All right, be quiet. Welcome to the drunk tank. Take a shot and much thanks for you coming out tonight. Have a seat and come in. Yeah, yeah. Now turn the lights down low. Drinks are in the back. We're about to start the show. Okay, landed and killed in the land of the free. Coming together to spread all the peace. There's more to the story than you'll ever see. Hear up both sides before you just agree. Some of it's funny and some of it's deep. Open your mind and I can't guarantee that we will leave you on the edge of your seats. Now over the docks and the man for CC, okay. All right, all right, all right. Welcome to the show. Guess overslept. We'll fight about it. Not gonna happen. But I'm still here, and I'm only <laughs> five minutes late. We're only five. Five? Minutes late. We're only five minutes late to air. Yeah, five minutes late to air. It was five minutes before air that you turned up. Shut up! <laughs> no one has to. It's a long night. I've been dealing with some shit. Goddamn it! Look, I'm wearing a wife beater. My hair ain't brushed. You know, shut up! Stop! I'm feeling attacked right now. I feel attacked. You should. I'm attacking you. <laughs> <laughs> and they say, you know, keep your friends close and your enemies closer. Ah. <laughs> anyway, welcome to the show. Happy, uh, happy, 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 happy Sunday words. I know how to use them. What's going on, Chris? How you doing this morning or this evening for you? Um, I'm actually doing pretty okay. Uh, last night was an eventful evening, so... Uh, Today has been actually no too bad. Um, yeah, last night it was my cousin's engagement party. I was gonna say, so, you cousin's engagement or wedding or something like that to go to this weekend. Yeah, it was last night. Um, but I decided because I still had stuff today on the computer, like work wise, I was like, ah, well, I'm only going to go for a couple of hours, then I'm going to come back up the road, do some work. But I'd say to like my brother, my sister, my dad, that they were still there, look, if you can't get a taxi home, give me a message. If I'm finished doing what I'm doing, I'll come back down and get you. Right. So we're like, ah, right, awesome. So I got a message just after midnight. It is ah, can you come get us? We can't get taxis. Right, give me 10 minutes. So I went away down. And it was like, it's like a 10 minute drive. It wasn't that yeah. far. And got down there. And my brother is standing outside having his wee e-cigarette thing, right? Mm -hmm. So I pull up and I'm like trying to get his attention and he's just off in the fucking distance talking to random people outside the door by him. And and I, so I, pull, I park in one of the spaces and I go to message him and I turn around and he's looking at me. So I try to, but he's telling two lassies that were at the party uh -huh. to come out of the car. And I'm sitting there going, fuck, I drive a black estate car, which yeah. is, it's it's a car of choice when it comes to the taxi, like the, the private taxis run about here. We don't have like the yellow tabs in New York or anything like that. It's right. just normal cars for the private hire. So I'm sitting there going, my brother's telling these lassies that I'm a fucking taxi without realising <laughs> it's me. So they come across and I, I rolled down my window. A day, I've, it's not the first time I've had to tell somebody I'm not a taxi. So I rolled down my window, and just as I'm about to say, I'm sorry, I'm no taxi, the lassie goes, I was talking to your brother, so I already know what's going on now, because he's, in like, he knows it's me, and he goes, he said that you would take us down to Carmel, because we can't get a taxi, oh, now Carmel no. 
is like it's, it's no far far, it's but you're talking like thirty minute drive out yeah, to Carmel from where I am. So it's like an hour round trip for me to go to Carmel and come back because there's these two lassies enough to bring four people home. So I'm like, I can't take everybody at the one time. Like you'll know fit. So I'm like, ah, oh for fuck's sake, Michael and. I'm sitting there going, it's the back of midnight. <laughs> Two lassies can't get up the road. I'm no, I can't be a dick and go, look, I'm not taking you home. Get your own way up the road. Because if any was to happen, I'd fucking feel yeah, guilty as like shit. Yeah. So I was like, look, I have to take my brother and that home first. But I'll take them home. It was only going to take me about 20 minutes to get them up the road. Once I've dropped them off, I'll come back down and I'll take you to Carmel. And she was like, ah, oh, um, I'll give you my number, but you promised you're going to come back. And I was like, aye, I'm going to come back. I'm not going to be a cunt about it, right? right. And and that kind of stuff. So um, I'm sitting in the highway and I was like, ah, I'll be back in 20 minutes. So they go away. And then my sister and my sister-in-law come out. And I'm like, ah, I, Michael, who's drunk as a fucking fart, has just told two random people that I'm going to take them to fucking Carmel. So my sister starts, oh, don't tell me fuck off, tell me fuck off. And I'm like, ah, well, we can't, I've already said aye. So I've just told my dad that you're not taking my granda home. So tell them to fuck off. So now I'm like, ah, well, I'm going to have to take my fucking granda home now. So then my granda is with my two uncles. So I now have like 11 people that have now started thinking that I'm going to take them home. <laughs> so I'm sitting there going, I've got four seats in my car, and I have to take 11 people home. It's going to be a long bastard and fucking night. So I end up going, right, I get my sister-in-law. Oh, no. I it's my sister-in-law and my brother. My brother fucked off for 15 minutes, I might add. We don't know where he went. He just fucked off. So I ended up, in the first run, I had my sister-in-law, my brother, my uncle, and my granda. Now, my granda is 89 years old, and he's been drinking beer, whiskey. My cousins gave him a shot. Like, he's been having a great fucking time. He tells me four times that when he was younger, he used to get this drunk within the space of, like, five minutes. That's how fucking pissed he is. So I drive all the way up to my granddad's house, which is like 10, 15 minutes, and I have to like pull him out the car because he's just fucking like a tree in the wind. <laughs> just fucking swaying and swaying. And my uncle, he's fucking laughing at everything, right? So I get back in the car and my brothers came for the back seat into the front seat and I'm like, right, are we good to go? And he goes, aye. So he starts to pull the seat and he goes, hold on. And he opens the car door and just starts rotting all the other fucking place and I'm like are you fucking kidding me and at this point I'm like I've left my sister my dad and my, un my other uncle back at the place because I still have to pick them up as well and right. he's sitting wrenching out the fucking car door so I, he finishes pulling back into the car and we start driving I get to the top of the street where there's a red light door gets opened again everywhere again and I'm like oh you fucking bastard and at this point, I'm sitting here going, of all the people, I am the worst one to have this because I love my car. I take care of my car. Like, my car is fucking immaculate. Apart from the driver's seat where I sit. <laughs> Everything else is fucking perfect. And he's fucking projectile vomiting everywhere. And then... We end up driving. Oh, no, the car, though, right? He's not, he's not, it's not getting in the car. It's no, no, no. He's, we're like, at this point, 
I've unhooked his seatbelt and I'm holding the seatbelt and pushing him out further <laughs> so that I've still got him secure, but he's out the car, basically. So he does that there, and then another 10 minutes up towards his house, we have to stop again so that he can fucking be sick again. All this time, my sister-in-law is fucking, I'm really sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm really sorry. And like that, that is that is the way of the a Clifford woman. Even one that's married in is the guy always seems to be fucking arse over tits drunk, and the woman's also steaming. But a Clifford woman is always like, I'm so fucking sorry for this embarrassment, yeah, man. It's, it's just the way the Cliffords work. <laughs> so I managed to get them home, and I'm like, right now, I've got another 20 minutes all the way back down to this party. So I go all the way back down, and my sister and that's there. And I'm like, right, I'm going to have to take the other lassies up the road first, because I'd say to them that I would date when I came back. And so my sister said, and then the next thing I know is I see the two lassies getting into a taxi. And I'm like, okay, so I guess you don't need me anywhere. Awesome. But I'm no, like, annoyed because I'm like, oh, thank fuck, I don't have to drive an hour to fucking Carmyle. So I get my sister not in the motor, we drive up the road, everybody's laughing, I'm telling them about my brother fucking vomiting, they're having a great time. End up dropping everybody off. It took me, like, an hour and 30 minutes to get everybody home. And I was only at the party for two hours. <laughs> so literally, but before we went, it took me half an hour to pick everybody up. Right. So I was like, I've literally been driving around, picking people up and dropping people off as long as I was at the party. <laughs> so I'm thinking in and I get in and I messaged the lassie that, because she gave me her number so that I could message her phone when I was back down. Uh, I messaged her, and ah, by the way, i seen you getting into a taxi. I'm assuming you've got up the road, all right. If no, give me a message. If it was the you that I've seen, I'll come back down and get it. And then I got a message, like, a couple of, like, maybe 10 minutes later, and she was ah, oh, we managed to just steal a taxi. Somebody had ordered a taxi, and then they took too long to come out, so the driver was like, ah, fuck them. Get in the car, we'll take you home. And I was like, right, no, that's all right, as long as you got up the road, as long as you got up the road. And then she messaged her, but I really do appreciate it. If you're not doing anything, how about we go out for dinner on Tuesday? Yeah, I'm like, that's... fucking nailed it, right? So I've, I've, before anybody says, I've put it in my phone, I've set three alarms, I'm not going to forget. So we're good on that <laughs> one. Gonna leave, but, gonna leave this one I read, like last yeah. time. <laughs> so I, I'm supposed to be going out on Tuesday. Maybe no, we don't know. I'm a bit, I'm a bit shit on fucking break now. But we'll see what happens. But it was it was a rather eventful fucking night getting drunk people home in Glasgow. Getting drunk people home was always an eventful night, man. Speaking of <laughs> drunk people, what are you drinking this week? Oh, I fucked up. I fucked up big time. I can tell. I decided that I was going to make a drink. Though mm-hmm. so I've got a, a full bar sitting at the back garden, I'm going to make a drink. Right. And I can remember making a drink once for Hendo 993 that's in chat. Right. It's the Long Island iced tea. And when I made it for him, we made it normal, and it was kind of shitty because I'd never had one. I've never made one. I thought, right, we'll try mm. it. It didn't go down well. So I decided that the day I was going to date again, and I thought, them. But my problem was, is 
without realising or remembering just how much alcohol went into it. <laughs> I couldn't find one of my normal tall glasses, so I went, fuck it, I'll put it into a pint glass and I'll just like double the recipe up until that fucking point. And then it was there until I started pouring shit in, where it was like, oh, you need an ounce of triple sec and an ounce of gin and an ounce of tequila and an ounce of light rum and an ounce of vodka. And I'm sitting going, right, so two ounces of tequila, two ounces of light rum, two ounces... And then it's like a splash of cola. And I'm like, well, that's no fucking happening. So I ended up, I now have a pint of Long Island iced tea. And after the first two sips, my throat went numb because of the amount of alcohol that's in it. So at this point, I regret that a pint glass was not the optimum vessel that it should have been used in but at the same time it's really nice i fucking nailed it bro <laughs> you think a pint glass is the is the wrong vessel over here over here well back back in the land of cheese and beer where i come from you don't get a pint glass bro you get a fucking mug of <laughs> long island or you get a mason jar full of long island iced teas for three dollars. Yeah, well, it's not really a thing here, here, is it? The Long Island iced tea, like it's Long Island. Why the fuck would we drink that? We drink Buckfast and a fat frog <laughs> and <Yeah>. venom. <laughs> like when you when 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 I showed up with you when you were when you mentioned it yesterday or whatever when I talked to you, um, when we had that production meeting a couple of days ago, you're like, oh, I'm gonna make a Long Island iced tea. I was like, oh, okay, cool. I. I was I wasn't gonna say it then because I thought you were just gonna make like a, <laughs> no over here you get literally like a mug it's like a fucking sixteen ounce mug of Long Island like yeah I've seen motherfuckers eat drink four of those in a night and be like I'm 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 okay <laughs> I'm fine I can drive and they drive it's like what the fuck is wrong with you. <laughs> I'm not much well, better. I'm well, not much better. I know a pint is like 20 ounces, so I don't think I could go four of these fuckers. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, it's stupid. Uh, I'm not much better today because I woke up, I overslept late, and basically filled my water bottle with mead because I couldn't find a glass. Fuck it. <laughs> and I haven't <laughs> ate nothing yet. So what you're saying is we don't have a plan for the day. We're probably going to pass out in an hour. And I can't Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> maybe, because it's going to be a, a shit show. But um, So those of you that are, are not new to the podcast or regulars to the podcast know I am drinking uh, the Vikings blood mead with hibiscus and hops because my broke ass has no car to go to the store to grab beer. So I was like, what do I got on hand? It was two bottles of sake and a bottle of meat. So I was like, it's going to be that kind of show today. So that being said, as the lawyers are now like holding a gun to my head, if you are joining us for the podcast or the VOD and you are having a drink, please make mm-hmm. sure you are of legal drinking age of your uh, current country of residence and that you do not drink and drive and that you do not text and drive. There, I have now said my disclaimer. The rest of the liars can go fuck off. 
and apparently my dog is having issues. I don't know what, wait, I don't know what she's doing, but whatever. I'll figure it out later. Um, so yeah, I uh, last night I this week has been weird. Uh, it's been up and down with stuff here at the farm, right? Uh, insurance got sorted, so that all got taken care of. So we're taking care of some stuff, and we're looking for a vehicle. Apparently, I had it out with my kids about stuff, and that still wasn't enough. So there's weird shit between me and my kids, which is causing me to have some mental health issues because I don't want to go into detail because I don't want to out my kids. But basically, there's stress with them for a reason I don't understand, and it's causing me to feel like a piece of shit. Even though it's not my fault. So I've been struggling with that. So I've been not sleeping. So I've been staying up to like 5 or 6 o'clock every night. Trying to like. Just process it. And like. Mm. Figure it out. And then. uh, I go from. Feeling really bad about it. To not giving a fuck. So I just zone out. I just put my headphones on. Once, Once the kids lay down. And I can. Deal with it. I just put my headphones on. I crank up Doom Eternal music, and I just play football. I just play Madden, or I just play Legends of Runeterra, and I don't think. Yeah. I just I just go numb, right? <clears throat> and it's really been messing with me because we had a really good discussion. We had a really good discussion a couple of days ago, where I thought a lot of stuff got aired out. I right. had to say some stuff. The two of them had to say some stuff. I was making some mistakes. I apologized that I would do better. I said, this is what I'm seeing. And we we were cool, I thought, but apparently not. So, whatever. I'm, like, I'm over it. I'm over it. I'm just done. I'm done. You know, and then comments are made, like, and again, I'm not trying to out my kids because I love my kids and they got, they got their issues. But comments like, oh, I've never had a father that actually cared. I've been around 10 fucking years. What do you mean? What do you mean? Yeah. What do you mean? I've been here 10 fucking years. What are you talking about? So, part of me feels like everything I've done for the last 10 years is meaningless. Because they're they're making comments like, I've never had a father that cared, or I've never had a father that checked on me, or whatever. Okay. So, what have I I been doing the last 10 years? Like, what have I been doing? Like, I'm just, what, here? Just, what, making you food, buying you shit? Yeah. Is that it? Does all the other shit that I do not count for anything? Hmm. Now, and, and to speak on it, they're, these aren't my biological kids. My biological kids, my biological kid and my former stepson from my first marriage not, don't, don't have this problem, right? This isn't, this isn't a problem. So it's my other two kids that I got when I got with Bernadette, right? They're the ones having an issue. Um, so it's just like, especially last night, like I kind of laid out some stuff and I'm just like, I don't want to deal with any, anyone. I don't want to deal with nobody today. I just, I want to do the podcast. Uh, I can't do the RPG tonight because there's going to be work done in the shop. So when the shop is being worked on, I'm, I'm I'm not dealing Headphones with on, Madden on. Yep, pretty much. I'm like, I'm done. I'm like, I'm just so, I'm past the point of angry about shit. 
that I'm just like I don't care right now. Mm. So like I'm not I'm not actively mad. I'm just fucking disappointed and confused. And I get it. Part of what was said is trauma and other stuff. And then the other part of it is just teenagers being teenagers of not apparently figuring out shit. Yeah. So that's 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 kind of how I'm feeling right now. That's kind of where I'm at right now. Not because we mentioned in the production meeting a couple of days ago or, or previously that we talk about mental health a lot and we need to normalize it and we need to like get the stigma away from talking about it, especially yeah. with men, right? No, men, for sure. Men in my era, because I'm in my 40s, we don't talk about this shit. You suck it up, you go to work, you go after work, you go get a drink or you get dinner with the boys or you grab a snack with the boys, you can go home, you kiss your wife, you know, put the game on, you have dinner, you ask the kids how their day at school was, and then you go out to the garage, you work on a car, or whatever, and you don't deal with it. Okay? That's the way I was raised, right? My mother, who raised me primarily as a single mom, so I'm going off on a tangent, but I'm getting to a point, and we don't have a topic, so this seems like where I want to go with it. <clears throat> my mother primarily was a single mother, off and on, for most of my life. There would be a stretch where she would find a guy she liked, and she'd date him for six months to six years, and then swap someone out, right? I never knew my dad until the night in my until I was like thirty seven. Okay, so I didn't have a dad per se growing up, but I had I had to construct my male ego, my male persona from my badass mother who was kicking ass and taking names, but really didn't nurture. Right? She was like, "I gotta go to work. I gotta pay the bills. I don't need no man. I gotta hustle. Life sucks. You gotta do you." Right? So mm. I had this kick-ass female role model. You know, I used to think of her like the Terminator, Sarah Connor, because she wasn't very lovey-dovey, but she went to work. She made sure we had food in our bellies. Not the best food, but we ate. That was we had shoes, right? And every once in a while, there'd be a man who was halfway decent, and he was only there for a short time. So I had to construct my male identity from her the dudes that were short timing and dudes I saw on TV like Michael Knight, Stringfellow Hawk. Uh, and I know this is triggering for some people and I apologize. Cliff Huxtable, Bill Cosby, uh, uh, the dad from like with Steve Urkel, the Winslow's dad. Like I had to pull all these male traits and perspectives from different sources. Right. And I had to like mash them together inform whatever this is right <clears throat> so i've always said that i'm going to endeavor to do better for my kids i'm going to be interested i'm going to check on them i'm going to i'm going to like take an active role in what they do or what they're interested in so there are nights where if i know one of my kids is interested in something i'll read i'll watch videos on it so that when they come to me and they're yakety yakking in my ear I can understand it and if I <clears throat> if I don't understand it I can at least ask intelligent questions about it 
You know, yeah. my mother, my mother never had time. She didn't come to martial arts stuff. She didn't go to swim team stuff. She wasn't bigger on comic books or like cartoons. It wasn't her jam. That's one thing I hated. The minute I could take care of myself, I was the man of the house. Look after your siblings. Get your homework done. I got to work. I yeah. got to go to the grocery store. And then going to the grocery store was, oh, I'm going to stop off the bar for three hours. Right? Cook dinner. All that stuff. So, I'm not a great male. I'm not like a, I'm not an all composed sort of like, I'm not a, I'm not a sitcom dad. Right? I'm not that guy. I get angry, I get frustrated, I got emotional issues, I've got mental health issues, you know, uh, self-hatred, low self-esteem, supervillain syndrome, all that. I've got my own sort of jumbled up darkness bullshit, right? And I process that, I work with that. But then I've got kids who have their own shit and are learning to process it and learning to cope with it. But in the meantime, they're gonna fucking throw down on me because I'm this big tough dude that doesn't get mad. So... Growing up the way I did, I don't, I wasn't taught to process, right? I wasn't taught to break things down. I wasn't taught how to feel my way through things. I was just like, it is what it is, go do it. And so last night, I had some stuff come out, and I, I, I called one of them out. I was like, look, this is what I see it is. Whether I'm right or wrong, this is what it feels like. And I'm trying to be active in discussing this. What's going on? What I'm feeling? Because you aren't. Whether you know what's going on or not, you're not talking. And it hurts that I'm getting it. Yeah. When I'm not the person who should be getting it, but I'm getting it because you think I can take it. And I can. I don't lash out back at you. I don't, none of that. I don't, I don't retaliate because you feel safe. And that's fine. Right? But, after that passed, literally Bernadette sat in her chair. I put my headphones on. I put Dune on one screen, Madden on the other, and I just fucking went. Gone. I was so distant and into the everything that when B walked over to go to bed, I jump scared. Because <laughs> I didn't see her get up. I was so... And so... Yeah, right? And then I woke up this morning late, and I just woke up, and I, I said two things to my kid, and I walked out. I just didn't feel like dealing with it. And I don't know if that's healthy or whatnot, but I'm just, I'm not in the mood. I'm not in the mood to, to help anybody. I'm not in the mood to, I'm not in the mood to, like, process it healthfully. So, like, literally, I'm literally going to, like, do the podcast, and I'm going to put my headphones on, and I'm going to play more Madden, because I don't, I don't want to deal with it. And I'll I'll deal with it another day. And if that's if that's not the right thing, then I don't care. Yeah. But I'm discussing the issues with children and not calling them out specifically because I'm just not in the mood to be just giving you a look like this. Huh? I'm just <laughs> like, what the fuck? Didn't you deal with shit already? Uh, yeah, but I just don't feel like dealing with them, so I'm not going to be doing so. Yeah. See, now she's like, uh, so. I'm just going to yeah. sit here and play my video games and work on my stuff, and then they can do that. Yeah. So that's, that's how it is. One part that I would that I would jump on is you said that it's probably not the healthiest way to deal, deal with it, but you'll deal with it. And it's, it's a weird one because 
in my experience, I, I completely agree. Like <clears throat> the the mental health, like I, when I came to you the other day and said, I, th- I feel as if we should really try and no make the pod- podcast a focus on mental health, but let's use the platform to try and destigmatize mental health, not just in men, but for everything, Everybody. because it is a, a thing where people feel as if they can't talk or mention things because there's always going to be somebody out there that's just a cunt and, and that's it. But I, I do feel as if, and I think most people with a head on their shoulders will know and accept and understand that on the part of mental health, men get it shocking. Like, men have it a lot worse because we don't have outs because it is a case of, oh, you feel sad, man up. Yeah. Like, be the man of the house. This is your job. This is your role. And I know over the last couple of years, like, the the feminist movement and equality and all that kind of stuff has made things simpler and easier. There is still on both sides where it's, like, still a bit questionable and stuff but like nothing's an overnight fix it's going to take time um but i i do think that things are getting better and that more men are able to talk about more things than that but Mm -hmm. the part that you'd said about you don't know if how you're dealing with it's healthily i think the other thing to look at is that everybody's going to have a different process Mm -hmm. like it could be something like Discussing it right now and like the the state that you're in, mental wise, it could be detrimental. Like you could lash out more, you could time me, you could say things that you don't necessarily mean and stuff like that. So I think everybody has a process where you need to be in the right mind to be able to deal with things. You can't force it. You can't like. There's not a book that everybody's funneled into the one outcome. Not everybody deals with the exact same things the exact same way. And I think it's probably better in your sense to just deal with the things your own way. Make sure that you're in the right state of mind before you start trying to process things. Otherwise, what are you going to process? Like like you said, you're not quite, you don't quite understand why you're the one that's getting the shit. How can you process something that you don't quite understand? Like, right, exactly. So, so like, unless, unless they unless they say this is the stuff I can't do anything. Yeah. Um, instead of antagonizing it or trying to engage it to figure it out, I'm just I'm gonna let it lie and I'm not gonna deal with that. They, I'm gonna be like, okay, here's dinner. You know, just do the job. And yeah, I mean, it's still it. one of the ones. Like at the end of the day, you're still a parent. You still have right. a job to do. But I think at the same time, I think we're at this day and age where you did say again, or at one point, that some part of it is just like certain things, but another part is teenagers being teenagers. And I think that's something that's always annoyed me. It's like it's like that boys will be boys. Like, no. A yeah, boy kicking the shit out of somebody is not a boy. But I never went about kicking the shit. That's how he shite. That's what that is. That's no boys being boys. That's a little cunt, and you better rein it in now before I not fuck him. Like right. it's that, like that sort of thing. Where it's teenagers being teenagers. Well, it's one of the ones. Teenagers and 
and children and that should at least know how to fucking behave. No, like, they're, they're going to make mistakes, they're not going to have experience, they're not going to be able to think me this and all that kind of stuff, but as you hit teenager, you should know that what you say matters. Like, the words you use can right. determine exactly how things are going to go down. And I think I think the excuse of, oh, dad will be able to take it, you shouldn't, like, yes, you might be able to take it, but you shouldn't have to take it. Mm. This whole attitude that dad doesn't have feelings, he's emotionless, we can fucking just happen with everything and he'll just trumble on like that's that's a stigma that definitely has to be changed as well because mm-hmm. like on both sides it's the exact same thing as you do get it as well like I've, I've i've seen a lot of things where it's like the mum like like single parent or like that who who decides to have a career Right. gets the shit of or oh, you've found me a career and they get the shit and it's like well, why shouldn't they have a career like why should the the mother's role be like yeah you're going to protect your kids the exact same way as a father's going to protect his kids but there's just so many little stigmas like that like the mother if she goes out and works there's she's a terrible mother and if the dad if he has emotion he's a terrible dad like it just there's so many little things like that that just makes no fucking sense. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I agree, and I, I, I think, I think, I think, I think part of it is the the kids aren't understanding how to talk about it, and the one kid is they shut down and they retreat, yeah. and they don't want to, and then they lash out with anger the more you prod. So it's kind of like I don't. I don't know how to approach it, so I'm not going to. I'm just gonna let it. I'm gonna let it play out and just not. I'm not gonna do all the extra stuff that I do, like because I I can't right now. I'm just I'm to the point where I'm emotionally exhausted, and uh, I don't know the word to use because there comes a point in time where you stop being you to me, and I don't care. And I want to, like, remove you from my situation, right? Yeah. So, to not get to that point, I'm going to not engage. I'm going yeah. to not interact. Except on the basic, are you fed? Are you put to bed? Like, at least for a couple of days. Because I yeah. I can't right now because you're going to push me from the point where I care about you to the point where I don't care about you. And I don't want to get to that point. Yeah. So I think, yeah. So you're taking the steps to, yeah, to stop that. Right. And, and I, and I don't, and there's a lot of nuance to this and I don't want to air it out because it's not a public forum. I'm just using it as the, the table setting to why I'm going through what I'm going through. So if you're listening and you're like, oh, that sounds really bad, but you don't have the full context because there's a lot of sensitive stuff. And I apologize because I'm not going to air that out. But the base situation is that. And I think a lot of times, um, a lot of times parents don't feel like they can talk about stuff like that because they'll be like, oh, I'm a bad parent, right? 
there's that yeah there's that stigma of like oh my kid blah 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 and then everybody knows oh you know sylvia down the road kid x y and z she's such a bad parent when the fact that maybe sylvia's doing everything she can so I think yeah that's that's one thing that always signs me is about that kind of thing mm-hmm. is the fact that if a parent doesn't know something they're immediately a bad parent and i'm sorry like i don't have kids but i've been around enough kids to know that there's a lot of kids that are just little dicks they're just (laughs) wee fuckers and you get this oh you can't call a kid a dick and so see if they act like a dick they're a dick it doesn't matter the age there's little shits out there in the world that test their parents fucking patience and it doesn't matter who the fuck you are Knowing that your little kid can be a dick is not going to make you a bad parent. It means that you're fucking knowing that that little fucker has a personality and sometimes it tests your patience. Now, there's a difference between a bad parent and a good parent. There's a bad parent or a good parent that understands that their kid can be a dick. The part that makes you a bad parent is if you do something really, really wrong to that child then. Like, calling a kid a dick is one thing. Kicking a kid because he's a dick, that's, that's where you fair. cross the line into bad parenting. But yeah. just being able to turn around and go, do you know what? He is such a little fuck right now. I don't have to deal with that. I'll just put him out the way somewhere, let him fucking chill the fuck out, and then once things are settled, we'll be able to talk about it amicably and be able to actually process because nothing gets fixed to a screaming match. So there's no point you putting yourself into that situation. So if anybody wants to try and argue that doing that makes you a bad parent, then I'm fucking beside you to not fuck at them at all. Well, here's the thing. You made, you brought up an interesting point, and I've made the distinction because one thing my mother did back in the day was say, I'm a, you know, she would say, I am an A or a, or whatever, right? She'd call me out. I... I have no problem calling out my kids or other people's kids. The only difference that I've done is I don't call them a dick or a bitch or an asshole. Or you see, they're acting like one. <laughs> yes. I always yeah. put the caveat you were acting like. Because yeah. to me back back in the day when my mom would say that shit to me, it pissed me off. I'm like, well, okay. Well, if I'm a bitch, here you go. Right? And I would like ramp it up. Yeah. Because I'm like, oh, okay, if I am one, let's be one. So I've always, I've always tried. I haven't always been perfect. <laughs> I've always tried to yeah. put that part before calling out the behavior, right? Or calling yeah. out the shit. And my kids, you know, they call me out all the time because I want them to. If I'm doing something inappropriate that you feel is inappropriate, I need to know about it so that yeah. I can work on it and correct it. Like, I never got that option as a kid. I told my mom she was acting like a bitch one time, but I got the backhand with a spoon. She's like, <laughs> how's that feel? I was like, that's all right. I can still eat. Then I got hit again. Wasn't eating that day. You know, my mom, <laughs> now, to be fair, those of you that are listening, my mother wasn't an abusive, horrendous person. Like, she wasn't great a lot of the times. But I don't, I don't personally feel like I was abused. I felt she was a little more on the line. Like, <laughs> there's that, there's that, like, you know. Yeah. You're right on that line of just, just, just a shade on the line of like, if you do one more thing, yeah. that, that that's a phone call worthy. 
Like, yeah, somebody there's no bonds, there's no hospital time. Like. Right, exactly. But there was some shit where I was like, <laughs> this, this chick done did what she did. Like, mm-mm. And then there were times where, like, I did shit where I deserved an ass whooping. <laughs> like, I, I didn't get an ass whooping a lot. I got it, like, every two or three months. But I got, I got swatted. I got my mouth cracked, but I didn't catch the ass whooping. <laughs> as much as my other siblings did, but I, I definitely, I definitely got you know popped. And like when I say that, is like I would say something, and she cracked me across the mouth because I was disrespectful, or she turned around and go, "Go ahead, try that one more time, and then I'm gonna pick up this fucking <laughs> pan and whoop your ass." Like I got that shit, but <laughs> every couple months, well, I, I'd do something real dumb because I figured you know whatever, I give yeah. it up because I was tired of being dad my siblings because my mom was always working and I'd always have to look after them and I just I just get fed up and I'd I'd pop off and then she'd be like, Oh, I need to remind you what the situation is and I'd be like, Fuck Yeah. Then I'd be grounded, lose my shit and have an ass whooping like Mm-mm. Yeah. Which Not- is is one of the ones where I can understand where you're coming from if you're being disrespectful and that kind of stuff. But at the mm-hmm. same time I also thing is that it's not justified because you and that age and all that, no matter what your parents' situation is, it's not your job. Your mother or your father or your parent or guardian or anything like that that puts themselves into a certain situation is not your point to deal with. Mm-hmm. Like, But again, it, it's a different time. It's, it was just the way people were brought up. No, okay. You wouldn't get away with it now. Like, no, if no, somebody turned down no, and they said, no. okay, such and such is away at working and their 15-year-old daughter is taking care of the three kids and all that kind of stuff, child services would be phoned, the police would be at your door, you'd be get a phone call at work asking why the fuck you're at work yep. and all that kind of stuff. But I think what the difference, like, in this day and age as well, like it's not as if any but many people is actually getting the help that they should have governments and whatnot in order to stop that kind of thing happening, like but I think it is one of the ones like a lot of because it, it's one one thing I actually made I actually spoke to my mom, it's a bit of a tangent, but it's it's the same sort of premise in which a lot of like my generation, which is like Generation Z millennials and stuff like mm-hmm. that. We get a lot of shit for being like a lazy generation that we don't work, we don't do that. And it's like, well, one of the reasons why a lot of us don't work is because boomers made such terrible choices in their life that they do not retire. They're working until they're in their 60s, 70s, 80s in the big paid positions that we cannot get because they're still working. And it's like the whole point of the, the, the life cycle is that you work, you save, you retire, that's it. But a lot of people, like, my mum's time was a lot of people put their money into, like, these pension things that weren't they supposed to go under and then they ended up going under so they lost a lot of money. It's like, but that was their poor choice. Right. Wasn't it your fault? Why the fuck should we have to deal with that shit? They're right. the ones that made the poor choices. And I think there is a lot of things where, like, some situations you are out of your control, which is fair enough. But it's still something that should not be put onto somebody else's thing. You falling in love with somebody, you getting married, it doesn't work out, and they leave, and you're a single parent. That is not your children's fault. 
don't put that shit on your children. It's not their job at 13 to be being dad of the house or mum of the house and having to do this and look after everybody else. Yeah, it's one thing. I need to go out and work. I need you to help. But don't like, don't make it as if this is your job. It's one thing a parent turning around and going, look, I need, like, I need you to be this person because I need to go and work to put a, a thing there. Like, most children will do anything for their parents right. if they're asked in the correct kind of fucking manner. Like you said, there was a lot of times every couple of months you just got fed up because it was just... There's a difference between being asked to do something and being expected to do something, and being a dad in that situation should not be of expected of you. Like, it shouldn't be expected of any kid. Like, I know there's parents that end up being ill, and it's the kid has to kind of... The kid's kind of forced into that situation where they need to look after their parent, and they have to do this, and they're having to do washings and that because like, their mum or dad's just so ill they can't actually look after those situations are different because it's just what happens. But again, there's a lot of things in place that means that the child doesn't have to be in that situation if given the help from certain associations or foundations or governments that you really should get. But I think it is one of those ones that when you you talk about like that, it would your upbringing and stuff, mm-hmm. and then to turn around and consider, well, Technically, you shouldn't be working with the disabilities and stuff like that that you've got going on. You could very easily be expecting the exact same thing for your kids, but you don't. Mm -hmm. So it makes you kind of think, was your parent justified in their actions, even in a different time? Because you were raised in that time, but still managed to not fall into that Psycho. It's an inter- it's an it's an interesting uh, it's an interesting question. Yeah, like I don't I wouldn't know the right answer to that last question because I I look back on my childhood with um I don't know like my childhood wasn't bad right I'm not like I don't have trauma from abuse you know yeah I don't. It, there there were points where it wasn't good and I definitely became a decent person because of the the struggle yeah. having to deal with everything. But it did breed a lot of my mental health stuff because my mother, who's bipolar manic depressive, would vent all her stuff on me. Yeah. Right? Just emotional punches, just wailing into me because of work or her health was her mental health was bad or whatever and you know i was i was the oldest kid and i was the strongest kid you know yeah out of my siblings like not physically but like i i went through surgery after surgery like i pulled through hell like i've i've been through hell and back i've died twice you know i've had a stroke like my mom was like doc can handle it so she would then be like, okay, my life is falling apart. I'm insane. Let me call off on you and let you, you know, because she didn't have nobody to, to talk to, right? She didn't have nobody to offload or something. Yeah. She didn't get into therapy till late, 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 late. So having to having to deal with that as a kid, 
and understanding that she had mental health and then understanding how I'm yeah messed up. I recognize that and then I don't do the same or I try not to do the same on my case. Yeah. Um, Just quickly on that point, I do want to reiterate to anybody listening that kind of stuff is that um, I, I wasn't meaning it if it's taken that way by anybody else that felt as if your mother was wrong and what mm-hmm. she done because like that is a simple thing to think is your mum had mental health issues herself without an out so it's difficult for her to have been kind of if she had an out it wouldn't have came to you right it's, it's simply a thing and I think it's it's another stigma that comes from it is that people seem to forget that the older generation still had mental health issues. Oh, God, yeah. They were just not talked about enough. And uh, and I just want to make sure that anybody listening, it, it, I'm not meaning that anybody that was in that situation who was the parent in that situation, I'm not saying that your struggles are unjustified. Mm-hmm. I just mean that even though they're un, they weren't they're, they're they're justified, it's the 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 injustice was putting them on a kids' situations. Right. Like it's it, it wasn't your problem to deal with, even though I can understand that in a lot of cases it was just there wasn't another option that they felt in that moment. So I just, I just wanted to clear that wee thing up. Yeah, no, I I agree one hundred percent, and that and that's and that's the tricky thing, right? We talk about mental health, we talk about parenting, we talk about uh, being a creator, being an author, being whatever you are. You not only you gotta cope with your physical health and all the complications of your job, but then you have to navigate the minefield that is your mental state, and yeah. the shift in the last ten years has definitely been the mental aspect of it, like the physical stuff. We we know how to take care of that. Like that's that's we yeah. know how to take care of that. We just choose not to, right? <laughs> a lot of people are like, a lot of people are like, oh well, fuck it, um, you know, whatever. But there's been a definite shift in uh, dealing with mental health aspect and trying to bring that to the forefront because a lot of times the the mental health issues are more. What's the word I'm looking for? Urgent or prescient or um, complicated than say you're overweight. Yeah. Right. Or, or you have, or you have, um, you know, you have a limp, or your you your hand doesn't work, or or you're an amputee, or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. We have fixes for all that stuff, right? We have workarounds, right? Um, but a lot of times those workarounds aren't ideal, or people don't want to do the necessary steps to remedy the physical. Yeah. The mental health side, we don't. We don't have solves for a lot of that shit yet. We don't have yeah. workarounds for a lot of that shit because um for so long it was it was like, oh well I'm not gonna I'm not gonna deal with it. It's it's not acknowledged, things like that. Um so hang on. Like they keep putting the dog in here and she's crying at the door and I'm gonna get real fucking angry because they don't wanna deal with her. If you didn't want a dog, don't fucking get the dog. Yeah. I think I think touching on that the topic you were there as well. I think as well is we're starting to make a bit more progress in the kind of mental health aspect in that over the last ten years. I do also think that there's so many mental health problems that we have that are actually like 
the mental health and the physical health, so many aspects are so intertwined as well. Like I have like for the last like year, two years, I've had a lot of like self confidence issues mentally. And it's because of my weight. Like last night, like I, I said that to my mum literally about a half an hour or an hour before we even came on the podcast. And I was saying one thing that I'd noticed, because I was going to get like a Chinese for my dinner. And then I was like, do you know what? Today's like the first day of my new schedule. Like I've got work done sorted. I've got stream stuff sorted. The day's my first day. I'm wanting to make sure it's time, mate. I've got my my health things and all that kind of stuff in place to go on walks and go to the gym and that. This is, this is day one. And I was going to have a curry, and I was ah uh, well, that seems silly that day one I'm fucking thinking that. And it, it was that kind of why I was sitting there, and I was ah, uh, last night, I'd, I've not really went out, out for the last two years. One, because COVID and lockdown and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, I felt embarrassed about going out in public because... I feel overweight and I, I don't enjoy, I don't like how I look and stuff like that and like I don't have any clothes that I can that I have that makes me feel kind of good about myself and it was that kind of way last night was a kind of big kick where I'm sitting there I, I was wearing jeans and I felt as if the jeans were cutting in a lot I was wearing a shirt that the only actual dress shirt that I've, I've got that I can wear feels like a tent mm. and I was at it just made me feel so fucking shitty. And that's where I kind of went, well, that all could be fixed if I just lost the weight and got my fucking health in order kind of thing. And that was a kind of big kick where I can go, well, the physical aspect will help the mental aspect. Right. And I think, like you said, there's a lot of people that don't want to do the necessary steps to deal with the physical stuff. And it's like, that's also one of the reasons why we maybe not have so many mental health problems solvable. It's because the reason why we can't solve them is because they've already been solved. There's a lot in mental health aspects where it's like, well, if you dealt with the physical aspect, the mental health aspect wouldn't be there. And that's the way I've, I kind of looked at that. Like, if, if I stopped overeating and, and started taking care of myself, I wouldn't feel self-conscious. I wouldn't feel disgusted in the way I look. I wouldn't feel embarrassed about going outside and stuff like that, all because of that one thing. And I right. think I think one of the things that we have to actually think about is there's a lot that is intertwined. There's a lot of things that it could be an easy fix mentally because we do know how to solve it. It's just, are you willing to do what you have to do physically to solve it and not just blame someone else or expect help from another aspect when it's already there to be fixed. Now, I know there's a lot of mental health that that's not the case, and I don't want to diminish that, but it is one of those ones that, like, for me personally, my issues can easily be solved by just losing weight, which I've done before. Like, I've put all this weight back on during COVID. Like, I'd got myself down to what my lowest weight had been, I was healthy, I, I I felt great, I felt like I looked great, everything was perfect, and then I let myself go. And it's that kind of way, so much of it, I was blaming on mental health and exhaustion mm. and this and that. And it's like, well, that just proves that everything is intertwined because it was mental health that caused me to lose my physical health, but it's my physical health that's making my mental health worse. Yeah. So before I can fix my mental health, I need to fix my my physical health. Otherwise, what the fuck am I trying to do with anything else? 
And yeah. Go ahead. It's. I was just going to finish this. I just. It's 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 just difficult to try and get yourself into that mental state when you're feeling mentally exhausted, and it's just I. For me personally, it's like, where do I go from here next? And I think that's something that a lot of people deal with different things, is it's just, it's the mental health thing isn't so much that it's like really, really bad mental health. It's just, you're at that point where you're going, where the fuck, what is my next step? What do I do for here? I'm, I'm just, I do not know. In the same aspect of, how you're feeling with your kids you just you don't know where to begin to actually start trying to fix anything or change anything or figure out exactly what the fuck's going on and it's it's a physical part of your life that it's affecting your mental health and like like you said if you weren't confused and you understood your mental health wouldn't be taking as much of a tanking because that physical aspect of your life you'd be able to deal with and I think that's where people have to start understanding is that everything's linked in certain ways a lot of the time. But the 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 problem is trying to just get that step one. Um, hang on. I, I tried to text somebody. They're not responding. I got to go deal with the dog, and I'm getting real fucking angry. So I'll be right back. No, gonna, no problem. I'm going to put the be right back sign up, and I'll be right back. I apologize. Normally this doesn't happen. Uh, give me like two, three minutes. Yeah, no, no problem. Okay, sorry about that. It's like 60-some degrees out, and, like, <laughs> they're working out, they're cleaning out the carport, but they keep, like, and they got the backyard blocked off. They got, like, a walk, they got, like, a dog gate up, but yet they keep putting the dog in the shop when it's perfectly warm enough for her to be outside. It's like, she's talking. <laughs> she's got her nose in the dog gate. If you're not, if she's not literally under your feet, don't put her in the shop right now because she doesn't want to be in the house. Yeah. It's 60 some degrees out here. She wants to be outside. She wants to go chase the chickens. She wants to see what everybody's <laughs> doing. She does not want to be sitting here laying in the shop, not engaging her brain. And I yeah. said, it's warm enough where the door is open and the noise gate is up where you guys coming and going isn't being picked up much on the mic. Leave the dog outside or leave the gate up so she can come and go to the shop or stay outside. And then I'm like, I tried to do it nice, and then... <laughs> it is what it is. But anyway, um, yeah, you were talking about the link between mental and physical health. And again, I apologize to the viewers and the listeners. I will try and edit out that dead air on the audio version, which should be easy enough. Yeah, um, I'll get out. Yeah. So, the problem... And and you talked about the self-confidence issue, right? That That's a big one for me. And personally, I don't feel that you're a... From, from an outsider's perspective, I don't think you're a bad-looking dude. You, yeah, you're, you're out of shape. So am I. I'm hovering at about 205. I dropped from 215 to 205, and I can't seem to drop below that. Hmm. So I'm getting depressed and annoyed. And those of you that are and know anything about me or been with the show i have fibromyalgia so physical working out is, is difficult to maintain so i don't know how to continue to get in physical shape because even though i'm like 205 to i hover between 205 and 208 
right? Yeah. I kind of, that's that's my hover point right now. My body fat content's about 27%. So I'm not, I'm not overly, my, 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 my I have more muscle mass than I do fat mass, right? Yeah. And even to me, I think I look disgusting. But I don't. I know I don't. But because I'm not, I'm not lean and ripped like I used to be. Back in the day, I was 155 pounds, you know, just 10% body fat. Like when I was training seven days a week, three hours a day, my life was nothing but working out, doing martial arts, and playing video games. I was yeah. in a fucking beast mode. I was teaching, and now I sort of have that like, I can I can get back there, right? I can get back there. Even though I'm 42 and I got a heart condition and I got fibromyalgia and you know I, I work a job and I got kids and a dog and I gotta help out on the I'm I'm trying to help out on the farm. I got I got time to get down to 55 and ripped, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think for me, I need to come up with a realistic uh, body image. At 40, yeah. in my 40s. Like, a realistic body image for me at this point, I think, would be 185 and semi-muscular. Maybe not the rock ripped like I want to be, just like, you know, but, you know, a nice, yeah. smooth... Maybe you need to start going down the Leonardo DiCaprio sort of route. The dad no, 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 I hate that. Okay. But, all right. Don't get me st- all right. You just triggered a rant, okay? This is what this show's gonna be. It's gonna be me drinking mead out of a water jug because I overslept and ranting about shit that you triggered. So here's another rant. <laughs> I don't like the dad bod. I hate it. I hate that that's a thing. <laughs> okay, I understand that dads. I understand the concept of the dad bod, right? Dad's work, dad's going to work and whatnot, and he has to be okay with being (laughs) dad, okay? I don't know how to frame this. I don't know how to say this. But I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Because I don't like when my kid comes up and punches me. And I don't have a huge stomach, right? But I've never had a six-pack. But when my kid goes... And pokes my stomach, I want to punch him in the throat. <laughs> I want to punch him in the throat and slam him in the wall. Because to That's them it's fair. funny. To them it's funny. To me it's like, hmm, right? Yeah. Or if the when I talk about my my physical my physical appearance and what I want to be, right? When I say, hey, I want to be like ripped and you know hot. She's like, you are hot. I don't want you to be too muscular because I want to be able to cuddle with you. I don't, like muscles don't feel soft. Excuse you? I'm not the Stay Pope Marshmallow Man. I'm not Baymax over here. Plus, you be... you're not looking like that for anybody else. You're looking like that for you. That's what right. you want to look like. Right. I want to be. I want to be like a. I don't want to yeah. be Baymax. I don't want to be fucking the Stay Pope Marshmallow Man. <laughs> I'm not. But that's the way I feel. So yeah, I can totally agree with how you feel about the self confidence stuff. Like the um I have a pair of pants at the house, right? They're well whatever, they were two dollars. I, I didn't have pants. I grabbed them. I thought they were cool looking. They're literally like skinny jogging pants and they look like shit. I refuse to wear them <laughs> out of the house. 
because I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. No. Uh-uh. But my girlfriend's like, they look fine. They don't look, they're not your best pants. But they, yeah. you know, you, you don't look as bad as you think you do. Uh-uh. No, homie ain't wearing leotards out the house. Now, if if I was if I was if I was more like cut and you know my, my thigh my my calves and my my quads were like that, I'd yeah. wear the shit out of them fucking things. I'd walk <laughs> out the house and be like, "Look at it, jealous," because the top <laughs> and the bottom would be in line and no skinny fucking jogging pants. I'd be like, bulge up front, bulge on the, th- like, just, I roll out the house and be like, yup. Now, I'm like, I put them on and I'm like, I look like I'm, I look like I'm a fucking muffin. Cause it's like, <laughs> compressed lower half, muffin top on top. You, you ain't catching me wearing them pants out the house. You ain't yeah. catching me wearing them pants. But I, I get it. And I, I I totally understand the the lack of self confidence and, and whatnot when when you're when you don't feel you are your ideal or at least the better version of yourself, right? Yeah. So and that does impact the mental health. That does make my self worth feel worthless. I tell my girlfriend all the time, "Why are you with me?" Like I'm all I tell her all the time, "I'm a horrible person, and uh, this is a train wreck. You could do so much better. You can find somebody better looking, somebody who's more successful." And she always tells me, "Well, so could you." Right, and that's sort of our thing. It's not a healthy thing. It's not healthy. <laughs> I recognize that it's not healthy to say that, but I just, in in some ways, I can't accept the fact that someone like her, who is super talented, ambitious, and and good looking, and and you know, does everything to benefit everybody else, would see an interest in a moody, cranky, unrealized supervillain of a human being, right? Yeah, I always think that the exact same thing. It just I can't work it out. <laughs> right, but then, <laughs> but, then you, but then you talk to her, and she's like, "I'm fat. I'm ugly. Like my my hairline's receding. My nose is too big. Uh, why are you interested in me?" So I guess, in a lot of ways, everybody not, goes through it. Right, everybody goes through it, and then uh, perspective matters. Right. Yeah. My perspective of her is beautiful, talented, super strong, sexy, a little out of shape, because let's be honest, we all are, right? I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I don't think that she's, you know, black widow body. Like, she's definitely got work. She's got the mom body, because she's working three jobs, taking care of kids, doing what she can. But to me, she looks good. But I can't accept that, even though I'm working all my jobs and taking care of the kids, I don't accept myself. Yeah. But yet I can accept her. So on her end, she doesn't accept herself, but she accepts me. So again, I think it's the perspective of the person that is viewing the other person, like in a relationship. Yeah. And I think to to an extent, the people who view you when you're out might find you, might and probably do find you attractive, even well, though you don't feel attractive in a way. The, f- I, the, f- the way I funny thing that I think about it in that kind of stuff is that. Self-confidence is such a egotistical, right? And it's got, like, just bear with me. Self-confidence issues or and self-conscious issues is so egotistical to the person. Mm. It's unreal because as much as I, th- I, th- I think it's like, oh, fuck, it's like, I feel embarrassed if it's like, it's like people are probably saying, to sit there and think that everybody around you 
is solely focused on <laughs> you is so fucked up. Because if you're sitting there thinking, oh, I'm overweight and I'm embarrassment, fuck these people. Most of the time, they're all thinking the exact same thing. Is they're mm-hmm. outside going, fuck, I am a mess, something. What's this person going to think of me and all that? Everybody is too focused on thinking about how their self is. They are not like, do you go out and turn around and go like, oh, fucking look at the state of that bastard, look at that overweight piece of shit and all that? You don't, or unless you're a cunt. But you're too focused on yourself being an embarrassment that you don't think of other people. They're all in the same boat. Right. And it's it's one of the ones, having that mindset, you can be like, well, you just stop caring because nobody really thinks about you. Like, so why do they care? Why do you care that they care? Because they don't care. They do not give a fuck. Like, what you're thinking, they're no judging you. But it's just, it's a hard thing to wrap your head around. But... It is like, and people like I'll probably get shit on for it and all that kind of stuff because people, you know, self confidence and self consciousness is, is really, really big mental health things, and it is, it is big mental health things. But you can't argue the fact that if you're sitting there thinking that everybody around you is solely judging you, you must have the biggest fucking ego of your life because mm-hmm. they're only they're thinking of themselves. Because they do not give a fuck what you look like or what you're doing. Unless you are actively affecting them, they're not going to actually be thinking of you. Like, if you're turning around and spouting, like, racist shit or homophobic or being a dick, then they're going to judge you. But yeah. to be sitting there thinking that they're, they're talking about you behind your back because you're overweight or you've got a disability or something like that, there is people in the world that they and they're assholes, but the majority of people are too focused on their own self-confidence issues that they're not thinking about what you look like. And I think that makes it slightly easier to be able to be outside. But because like I've never really been one to really give a fuck. Like if I've like like there's been t- like me and, and Hendel went to the Czech Republic. We went to Prague for a holiday for a week. And I went out to the shops and I bought a pair of jeans. Now they're skinny jeans. Oh, with, no! Right? It gets better, right? They're skinny jeans. And down either side, it's a glitter gold strip. <laughs> down either side. And I would wear them when we were out. And it was to the point where I did not give a fuck. Now there was people that would turn and look. And and Hendel would sometimes have a thing, you know, and but at the same time, I knew fine well that if Hendel could get a pair of them, he'd be wearing them as well. Facts. But it was that kind of way. It was like I honestly just did not give a flying fuck what other people thought because I thought I looked fucking amazing. And it was hilarious and it was like a talking point and it was just fucking great. But over the last like two years I've started going like I don't wear them because I don't want to bring any more attention to myself than they are and like I don't wear certain t-shirts because I feel as if you can see the rules and I don't want anybody to be able to focus on that I've went out and I've bought like like you look when I got your hoodie Uh I'm ended up getting like the double XL because the double XL covers my things it hides my things right. i got another hoodie a couple of weeks ago and i went like two sizes bigger than what i required right. just so that i could hide underneath it 
I rarely wear jeans anymore because, like, I feel as if, like, they cut in, so that fuck, if I sit down and folds are flying out, like, people are going to think me. So I literally just don't even go out. The most that I've been doing recently is sitting in the house working on stuff on the computer or going out to work in the car. I don't have to deal with people. Mm. And a lot of it has just been down to how I've been feeling about myself, which is stupid. Because why should I care about anybody else and their thoughts? I should be like, I'm here, I'm alive, but I'm no. And it's like, that's been affecting me both mentally and physically now. Because it is one of the ones that you're sitting there and you're like that, fuck, I'm, I'm fat, I'm overweight and all that kind of stuff. I've got this, I'm having to go through this and all that. And you're sitting in the house and you're not going out so you get bored and you think, oh fuck. And you end up eating mare and it's an unhealthy fucking relationship you've got with food. And it's just that vicious cycle where you try and get yourself back up, you try and get yourself on your feet and then one minor fucking thing happens and it sends you fucking back and, and you hit back to your low and then you end up making even worse because you're like, oh fuck, nothing matters and you think me done. And then you get that fucking hit of adrenaline. It's like, no, let's fucking go, let's fucking go. And it just seems to be like the last two years, it just seemed to be a constant fucking cycle in me getting to the point where it's like, right, I need to change things. I start changing things. I get fucked in one way or another, blame it on everything and end up fucking worse off than what I did at the start. Yeah, and you you mentioned the vicious cycle. That's that's a that's a legitimate thing. That's a great way to talk about it because, um, I do that too. Like I go work out, and I I crush at the gym, right? Or I I do you know I just whatever I'm doing, whether like shadow boxing or or whatever, whatever it is, I just destroy. Oh, sorry, I'm because I'm a little far from the mic. I apologize. Um. Like, I, I'll crush at the gym, but then, like, I'll hurt for three days, right? Because of the fibro. And then mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I could just go light or whatever. And then my mental health is like, yeah, if you go light, you're not going to make any any progress, right? So then I'm like, well, what's the point of going? I mean, in the mix. I know, I know I'm a little low. I, it's because I'm way away from the mic. I got to adjust that. Um, But I... uh. But then I like, oh, I'm going to go eat something. And then I hurt. Or something happens with the girlfriend or, or the kids. And I'm like, I'm going to go eat something. So I don't yeah. like want to hurt nobody. I'm going to go, I'm going to go eat a Hot Pocket. I'm going to go eat salami and cheese. I'm going to go eat a pizza. A pizza. Right? <laughs> so it's, that's, that. That is a struggle on itself is like you said, being accountable to yourself, right? Yeah. Not getting a takeaway on your first day of the new schedule, right? Yeah. But I'm I'm not going to lie. A curry or some Chinese sounds real, yeah. fucking, good. Sounds real fucking good right now. Sounds it does. Real good. It, it really does. And that's what it was saying. It's like, just wait. Time is like, I ended up waking up later because I ended up up later last night because right. the everything they had went on and stuff like that. But it was just, it was just that kind of craving. And then you're like, I literally had like two or three takeaways last week where it'd be a pizza or it went we went and got a burger or something like that. And it was just that kind of way. I was like, ah, what the fuck am I doing? Why on day one am I putting myself back into this stupid fucking cycle? 
Right. And no, I, 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 I totally understand. Like, I, I get it. And, th- and then that's, and that's the, the I guess that's, uh, I mean, I guess that's what we, there's no other way to describe it but the cycle because you fall into the cycle of habit yeah. and routine. And then habit and routine become your reality. And then your reality sometimes then becomes, well, I'm struggling, so that's my reality, and I don't know how to change it, right? Mm-hmm. So, I guess, in some way, in some ways, you need somebody to be like, this is a, this is a bad analogy, and I don't know, how, like, you need somebody to little grab you and go, hey, you're doing, you're doing it again, don't do it, right? See, but, and, like, just on that... That's how I lost the weight in the first place. Like, seeing 2016, now, like, on, like, one of my, my, on my old Facebook or on my, my Instagram, like, I literally posted up a picture between, it was, like, May 2016 or April 2016, where I'd went on a work trip down south, right? And during that trip, I met my... Uh, one of my friends from uh, Holland, right? Because she was across here and find me, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was within the two years, it was like June 2018, and I'd posted up a picture of the kind of progress, and I'd lost like so much. I think by the end up, I'd went for like 126 kilos down to 89. And it was a long drawn progress, but because she was like she was an athlete, she rode, she raced bikes and all that kind of stuff. It was her lifestyle, and it was her that was that kind of way. Like she was doing it, so she dragged me along for it. And it was like that constant. Like I didn't want to let her done, and she wasn't going to let me let myself done. And it was just that constant kind of like as soon as I started thinking, oh, I'm just going to think, like, oh, what's the point? We'll just time me this, and then we would do the other thing. And that would be it. And that's how I think we've done. Whereas in the last two years, I've just no had that. Mm-hmm. And I've said countless times, I need somebody that I can bounce off it. I need somebody that when I feel as if I'm like, I'm like I just can't be fucked, I need the other person to be like, nah, fuck that, we're gone. But I can't go with somebody that if I turn around and go, oh, I can't be fucked, and them going, I need can I will just go to fucking McDonald's. Can he have that? That's yeah. not what I need. And it's That's... like, it shouldn't be anybody else's problem. Like, I know that. It should be my own fucking account. It should be my own responsibility to be able to deal with that. But it's just not how it works. It doesn't work like that in my brain. In my brain, I have such an impulse of fuck it, which isn't healthy. But I don't, un- I don't know any other way of fixing it without just having that one person that can be like, nah, fuck you, you're not doing this again. This is what you set out. That's why I've made this whole schedule, and I'm going to try my hardest to fucking stick with it. It's because I've got it all set up when I'm going to the gym. I've got it set up when I'm going to walk, when I'm going to stream, when I have today, like, editing for this, when I've got today, work on this and that. And it's just trying to get that into my brain is where the issue lies. Well, there's a reason that accountability buddies or check-in buddies or or sponsors, if it's uh, alcoholism or whatever, 
there's, there's a reason that those systems have worked and work in the past because humans are by nature not overly self-reliant right we're we're sort yeah. of like a community-based entity we've always have been with yeah. a few people on the outside who are like i don't need nobody fuck off <laughs> the reality is humans need people as much as i don't like people and i am i am an omni i'm an omnivert i can do the ex- extrovert stuff i can do the introvert stuff by by default though if i'm not in a relationship or i'm not expected to be anywhere or don't have any responsibilities you know what my routine is stay up all night sleep all morning go to the gym eat trash food after the gym come home play video games watch tv all night yeah that's my default i don't talk to nobody i don't i don't do social media like when bernadette goes away like when she takes off with the kids and i'm left to myself my default i usually just sit in the dark on the couch just because i like sitting in the dark yeah so humans have a need for people to be like hey let's go do this hey let's you know don't eat that fourth hot pocket because you only need two you know because (laughs) humans without without accountability are going to be are going to move on their default. Some people's default is different than mine, right? Yeah. Um and you brought up a point about oh when you were with your friend, right? The the cyclist, uh the motorbike person. The motorbikeist. Right, the motorbikeist. <laughs> you uh you you fell into their routine, right? Her routine of going to the gym and cycling because that was sort of the dynamic, right? Mm-hmm. There's plenty of studies that have come out that said healthy relationships make you fat. And they do. Or happy relationships, not healthy Because you tend to do things that aren't your routine. So yeah. you go out more. You eat together more. You, you enjoy the finer things more. You don't grind at the gym as much. You don't fucking go for a long walk when you can lay on the couch and order a pizza and and snuggle and be happy, right? Some people go to the gym as a relationship. Some people go climb a fucking mountain, right? But human default is comfort. So if you're in a and if you're in a happy relationship, Netflix and chill, taco night and going out to dinner, that's a thing, especially if you're if if you're parents, right? If you're in a yeah. good you're in a happy relationship and you're a parent, you can't go just fuck off for two weeks and go climb a mountain. You can't yeah. take two hours at the gym because the kids need to be picked up. So your routine then becomes, well, the kids are minding themselves. Let's go grab a meal. Or let's go shopping at the store for what the kids need. Or let's go walk around downtown and stare at all the shit we want but can't afford. And while we're there, we'll grab a fucking McDonald's because McDonald's is cheap and chicky nuggets are chicky nuggets, right? That's that's the reality. Humans need other humans to do other things besides their default. My default outside of relationship is gym rat, video games, junk food, terrible trash TV. My default in a relationship is 
get up, go to work, take care of the kids, help the dog, cook dinner, run to the grocery store, spend time with the girlfriend, whatever the girlfriend wants to do. Girlfriend doesn't want to go to the gym. Girlfriend has fibromyalgia, can't go to the gym, hurts a lot. Girlfriend likes watching movies and watching musicals. Well, default is we're going to chill on the couch or in bed and grab some shitty food and snuggle. And there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. But it doesn't breed the most felt of physiques. <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't breed the most healthy habits. Because A, see, we're limited by finances, and B, we're limited by time because kids. See, the funny thing about that is that has actually hit a different fucking tune in my head. It's, it's literally just triggered that kind of like awareness where when I lost all the weight with mm-hmm. my friend, it was like... I mean, it was that kind of way. It was like we lived together and all that kind of stuff. There was no romantic aspects, but you could have found me that we were in a fucking marriage. Right? It Probably. was the relationship was there, but there was no sex kind of thing, right? Oh. And it, it was that kind of way where thinking about it, it was a lot more. I was busy grinding at work. I was getting stuff at work fucking gone and everything was timing. And I was so focused on that. And when I went home, it was in, out of the gym, get that fucking gone and get it thingman. And when she left and went back to Holland and I started picking up myself, I literally went into work mode, which uh-huh. is my base level where I went into work. And it was like, I stopped trying to work on like personal relationships. I'd done everything for me. I was in a schedule where it was like at quarter to 11 at night, my phone got switched off. I didn't reply to text messages, didn't reply to phone calls, didn't I went to sleep. I woke up for at six in the morning, went out to work. At about nine, ten o'clock, I would reply to text messages that I had because I didn't want to text while I was working and driving and all that kind of stuff. Right. And then I went and done my work. And then at seven, eight o'clock at night when I was finished work, came home, replied to text messages or anything like that, went to the gym, went to my bed, that was it. That was my schedule. Mm-hmm. I don't want to blame all you guys because what I felt in the last, like, say, in the, the last year, like, doing, like, this kind of stuff, I found myself focusing more on, I want to be at the computer so I can be on Twitch to be in, like, chat. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to play this game with these people. I want to be able to do this with these people and all that kind of stuff. And I've started thinking that, I've went into that bit where I'm focusing on the relationship side of stuff rather than myself a lot more. Yes. But it's that kind of way. I also don't want to be like, being in the UK is an issue and that kind of thing. Like, all you guys are American. You are in a complete other time zone. If I was in the same time zone, you wouldn't be streaming past 11 o'clock most nights probably. Like, I could get up at a normal, decent time in the morning and be able to find it. But to be able to do things with you guys, I have to be up till four, five, six in the morning to be able to make the time zones sync up. Six in the morning for me is midnight for Zim in Central US. Yep. So it's like there's such a big, drastic fucking change in that thing. And thinking about what you're saying, that's pretty much where I feel as if that's that's what I'm doing, is that I'm so focused on then what my work was doing, but the rest of the time I was focused on trying to think me the personal relationship. Whereas I know, I know I could go the drastic opposite direction and 
no data podcast, no data gaming, no data streaming and all that. And I could probably lose the weight in the next year or two, just gone right back to that schedule that there is. But it's then trying to get that, was that a healthy schedule? Like right. the last two years, it's not been a healthy schedule because I've been running myself into the ground and I've been trying to do too much. Is it a case of this new schedule that I'm trying to think me is going to have that balance yeah. where I'm focusing on myself, but I'm focusing on other things and relationships and, and stuff like that. And I know only time will tell, but it ha- that has kind of triggered that fuck. That is what I've done. Is that mm-hmm. I just focus purely on myself. I didn't give a fuck about anybody else or their feelings and all, all that. I done what I wanted to do when I wanted to do it. And didn't care if it was thing me. Like I missed like there was so many like parties and stuff like that that I missed out because that was when I went to the gym. If you want me to go, you'll have to change your fucking schedule. Because yep. this is my schedule. This is when I can fit you in. And it felt unhealthy at the time. But I think thinking about it now is that I need to have that balance where I'll do things that I want to do when I want to do it but if I've got a schedule in place if you want to be a part of that schedule you're the one that's going to have to fucking change yours because I've got shit today and if I sway from that schedule because like, like it's ADHD has that sort of thing as well is that if I sway from that schedule the entire fucking system falls Yep. It's no just changing one thing in my weekly schedule does not fuck up that one time. It fucks up the entire schedule because my brain automatically goes, well, there's no point finishing this schedule this week because I've already busted it anyway. I'll start again next week. Yep, yep, I know and that. That's, I know where that. I, that's where I'm going to have to try and focus on it, that at this time is when I'm doing this thing. I need to do it. I can't be turning around and going, oh, oh somebody asked me to play this game or somebody mm. asked me to do this at this point. I'll stay the day in that. I'll go and do that. No, have to be mayor. Nope, I can't do it. I've already got something booked in that time. Right, 100%. If you want to fit in somewhere else, there we go. Because well, I feel as if the other last couple of years, like what I have noticed there, like the last 10 years, even more than that, like basically my entire fucking adulthood, is I've always been the person that's changed my shit to suit. I've always been the person that's fucked up my <laughs> schedule in order to make other people happy and do what other people want today. And my best years, eh, health-wise, mental health-wise, happiness, was the two years where I went, no, I'm doing it for me. This is yep. what I want today. This is what I'm doing. If you don't want to do it, fuck off. Yeah, no, you're you're preaching to the choir about that. And and one of the things you mentioned, like, um, one of the things I wanted to do when we moved out here and we made the decision to have me try for disability, because let's face it, my body's a wreck. It's only getting worse. Um, mm-hmm. So it was, well, focus on building your stream and building the podcast. I made a conscious decision to break my schedule up where I do morning streams a couple days a week and evening streams a couple days a week. And the reason I specifically picked the morning streams is so it is more convenient to collab with you, with Monster, with Bill Bob, with 
Um, anybody on the other side of the country. For my viewers like Kai, who's in Singapore, and Howler, who's in the Netherlands, I want it to be live in times where it's not fucking one in the morning for you guys. Because I made a considerate effort to be like, okay, I realize I've got an eight-hour time gap with you. Yeah. So how can we do production meetings and collabs where it's not four in the goddamn morning for you? Yeah. But it's like eight for me. So I do get up earlier and I do stream earlier because it then gives gives you a, a time to be like, okay, I ate dinner. I went to the gym. Docs isn't going to be live till like seven or eight. Yeah. So then you can hang out for a couple hours and go to bed by midnight. Yeah. 11. I yeah. made that effort because I I literally thought everything I do is at night for me, but everything I do is god awful in the morning for Chris. I need to change that. And previously before the move, I had to do it that way because I worked. Like, yeah. I worked a, a full-time job, and then I had kids, and the only time I could do stuff was when I was done with work and bed down. So I wasn't purposely doing everything at the ass crack of dawn for you or Howard yeah. or Kai or monster or Joanne or any of those people. Right. Mm -hmm. But I made the decision to say, okay, I'm going to both be live convenient time for the UK. Sometimes too early for me. Cause it's like 10 AM where I am. Yeah. But I want to show those viewers and my friends that I, I value their time. I don't expect them, like you said, you feel like you need to be available. I want to be available and live in a convenient time for you. So mm -hmm. that I'm not asking you to stay up or or, or have to be tied to the computer. But yeah. I will say the balance thing is significantly difficult. Because even here, I've got a schedule posted. I don't often stick to the schedule. right? I stick to the live schedule. Yeah. Pretty consistently. But my prep work and my off stream schedule, I don't... Non-existent. I mean, it's there. I have the time <laughs> blocked out. But I don't, I don't often use it because, well, You're I don't want to I'm a parent and we live on the farm and there's stuff that trying Amanda need help with. So I get up and I go do it. And then I do more stuff when I should be editing or I should be writing or I should be, but I also worked it in that on my off stream time. I can pick up and put things down, right? I'm not recording. I'm not live. So I can't just up. like in a live show barring today. I can't just up and fuck off for 20 minutes. Right. Yeah. But on my downtime or my off screen time, I can disappear for half an hour, then come back and pick up where I left off. Ideal. Yeah. But more often than not, I'm not. I'm not picking back up. Yeah. I'm just like, Because you're okay. in that zone. Yep. And yeah. I, I need to make a commitment to do my off-time schedule. But then I also yeah. need to realize that I'm living on someone's convenience on their property in a, in a trailer that they bought to help us out. Yeah, so, so your situation doesn't really allow for a consistent schedule because if things pop up, 
it is. I, I can see for, like where for you it is. To, and, and like you were saying about like changing your stream times and all that kind of stuff, the last, on Thursday, I played It Takes Two with Haber, and mm-hmm. it was 2pm my time when we played 9am for Haber. Mm-hmm. It was the first stream I've ever done that was before, like, 9pm my time, apart from the charity stream. Right. But most of my streams, I stream 9-10pm at night because I felt as if most people like you and Tim and, and Haber and Titan and all that are American so I'll change my fucking schedule to suit an American schedule. Right. Because then it may be open up mail that you guys can come and hang out and we can find me and all that kind of stuff. And on Thursday there when we played, and it was that kind of, it just, it felt nice being on a UK schedule because yeah. once we were finished, I was able to go and spend time with my nephews. I was able to just fucking enjoy a day because a lot of the time it was like, I was I was up till six, seven in the morning and then had to go to sleep for a few hours and then getting back up. There was no day left. Mm-hmm. I was having to then spend the rest of my time working and that like for a good like four months there, my schedule was up until about seven, eight in the morning, I'd fall asleep, I'd get a couple of hours, and then at like three PM I would have to wake up, get stuff ready, and I'd be out at work. And I'd be away out to work until about midnight when I come back in the house, and then I would do like I'd come into like your chats and all that kind of stuff, and then do other things up until about six, seven in the morning. And then on the days that I wasn't actually having to go out and work, I was still being up till eight in the morning because that was my time zone. Yeah. I'd fall asleep. I'd wake up at two, three p.m. and then I would do other things that needed to be done on like computer or anything like that, like admin and shit like that. And then I would sometimes stream. Late at night, and like it is, it's one of the ones that I've been focusing so much on giving everybody else something, right? That I've completely fucked up my own scheduling and 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 mental health to appease others instead of just doing. I'm based in the UK. Mm-hmm. My schedule has to be a UK schedule oh, on a God. Sunday. A day like we do this and then we have D D. D usually runs until about five AM my time. Doing it one day a week. That that's the thing, like like the D D to everybody else it's just it's D D, you're turning up, you're playing a game and not. Today D D we like use them in, in snack. It's a two day process for me. Because on the Saturday night I need to force myself to stay awake until five, six AM. Right. So that I can sleep through the Sunday. So that on the Sunday night into the Monday morning I can stay awake for D D. Yep. So like like as much as like tonight out of anybody's control and all that kind of stuff, if, if we're not gonna play it, it's a thing me. But it's right. like finding out on a Sunday kinda it it irritates me slightly because it's like, well if I knew yesterday that I was the god of date the night, yeah, I would I have went to my bed. Yeah, like I would have been at my bed at two in the morning once I'd got in and spent and had my Sunday. Whereas right. now, I've no, my Sunday's been in bed trying to prepare for the night and then we're going to have this three-hour block and then that's I'm going to be up till six in the morning with nothing today kind of thing. So it's like, uh, it's it's one of the ones that 
I'm no annoyed at anybody because right. it, it was out with control, but I'm still irritated in the point where it's like, it's a two-day process for me to be in this one day. And it's it's just that kind of way, like, it, it sometimes feels as if because I'm out in the UK, like you say, that you change your schedule and that kind of stuff to suit so like me and Monster and, and, yeah, and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Like Kai out in fucking Singapore and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like there's so many differences in that. But at the same time, it's like sometimes for me, it, it feels as if it's like because I'm in the UK, it, it, people don't think about that as well. Like as much as people do think, it's, it sometimes feels as if people de- don't think. And it's like, like the night, something as simple as that, it's completely buggered up my entire two day process because. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot for me to be able to do it. And it's that kind of way. It's one of the reasons why the like say like the Star Wars game is gonna be a fucking task for me to be able to fit it in. And like yeah, Chris had asked if I could be up if I wanted to be part of like the City of Mist and stuff like that, which I can do. It's just it's too much a change for me to be able to rope in. Like it's it's hard enough trying to do the one D D game. Mm trying to bring in a second, third or anything like that, it's going to be even merely a process because it's like, it's that kind of way you're then turning around and going, wait, well, we're going to, we're, we're doing the Adventures in Exandria on a Sunday night. I'm no, I don't want to change that. I want my Sunday nights is to be Adventures right. in Exandria. So for me, the Star Wars game has to be another night. Right. For me to be a part of it. But at the same time, it has to be a night that suits me. I can't be doing the Exandria on a Sunday and then flipping my hours around Tuesday, Wednesday because I have UK stuff today mm-hmm. and then flipping my hours around again on a Thursday to do Star Wars and then flipping my hours back. It's just so much to keep on flip-flopping my time zones, especially considering the time zones are like an eight-hour flip. Yeah, which to me, there's, and, and I don't mean to cut you off, but I, I want to make a good point. Um, I've been more conscious of that yeah. Since the move. Like, I've been really trying to be very conscious of, like, where you are. Because especially with us, you and me in particular, we're business partners. Yeah. Like, the Drunk Tank podcast isn't just a podcast. It's a production company. Eventually, we want to level this up to, like, full scale. So, since the move, I've been very conscious of being, like, before I jump on Discord, I usually and I try to, correct me if I'm wrong, be like, are you available? Yeah. Before just launching into whatever it is. <laughs> right? Just be like, wall attack. Right? <laughs> now, I I think about what time it is, and, and I, I lead with, hey, are you available? Or, hey, can we get together yeah. at some time? Where before, because I, I wasn't used to the time zone. And, and let me tell those of you that are listening or watching, when you have a business partner and a, a, a very, very close friend like Chris and I are, you don't think initially yeah. about the time zone. It's not a thing. Oh, yeah. Because exactly. you're like, oh, it's my friend or it's my partner. Right? Yeah. It's just uh, blah, text. It's the communication. Later on, we've been together almost a year now, a little over a year. Now my brain goes, there's an eight-hour gap. Slow yeah. your roll. L- message him first. Find out what he's doing before you like start a call or, or pick <laughs> up the phone or or 
get in stream and be like, hey, where, where the fuck you at? Like, that's, we're not, we're not, we don't default to like, oh, my, you're my boy, so like automatically yeah. I'm going to pick you up because growing up, my boys were just down the street. Like, I, I could call them and be like, yo, what's going on? Now I have friends like Monster and Bill Bob and Joanne and Kai and Howler and you. Y'all in different parts of the world. <laughs> like, I can't yeah. just be like, hey, dog, what are you doing? Which so, in itself is an amazing thing, the fact that social media and, and connectivity is is allowing people to be able to be, like, such close friends around the world as opposed to just in the street. But it does take its toll on, like... Like, I've noticed recently where it's, like, see me flipping my ears around to kind of be able to find me, like, you guys and all, while we were, like, proper focusing on shit. Mm. I've had to neglect a lot of relationships here. Yep. Which isn't fair on the people that are down the street from me. And similar to you is that the people down the street from you are missing out on your time Mm. because you're having to flip there. And I think it does, again, fall into that, finding that balance. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's one of those things where, like, it, it talks, it, not it's the wrong word, it speaks about where our generations are at, where our, where our world is at, where, where our culture is at right now. Yeah. Most of my friends are not here. Right? Yeah. There's Troy and Amanda, who are very close friends of mine. There's my ex-wife, my oldest son, and my kids who are here. My friends are not here. Yeah. They're here. (laughs) They're all here. In this box. There's Zim and Dread and Tim and you and Sora, and everybody. The people that I hang out with aren't here. (laughs) And having to mentally do the math to figure out which friends I can hang with is something that I've had to adapt and learn about. Because even, even back in Wisconsin, when we talked about having guests, I said... I will, we will do the podcast early in my time to be more convenient to you guys this time. Because Mm -hmm. then I I started to recognize it back then, right? I'm like, oh, we're talking about having guests on. Well, if we have UK guests, we're going to have to, like, find a convenient time for them. Yeah. So I I literally said, let's do the podcast early. And you were like, no, well, we can still do it your time. I'm like, no, 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 no. We need to make it to where it's, it's comfortable for the guests, because you and I were already committed to our situation, right? Yeah. But when we started talking about a guest, we that conversation had to come up. We're used to it. <laughs> They're not. See, that's the, the crazy thing you actually think about. Is see, if you think back to, like, episode one, mm-hmm. our normal time for the podcast was Monday evening, midnight my time. That was when we used to do the podcast. It was midnight my time on a Monday night. Yep. And it was to the point where Monday I was working from 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. 
coming home, getting food, gone for a quick nap, getting up and doing the two, three-hour podcast at midnight. And then back then we were having that post-production meeting immediately after yep, where we would talk for an hour or two hours where we were just going to air things like that. And then it wasn't until kind of the midpoint when we started talking about bringing in like Monster and stuff like that for guests where we switched it to the Sunday and it was 10pm uh-huh. my time. Yeah. But again, we were doing the podcast until the back of midnight and still doing the two-hour post-production mm-hmm. meeting. So I was again working on the Sunday, <laughs> having a full day. I was day getting a nap because it was two hours earlier now. Yep. Then another five hours worth of the podcast stuff, and then got to my bed to be up at six in the morning on the Monday. Right. It's only now where I sit there and go, right, I no longer work on the Sunday. That means I can sleep in on the Sunday. We're doing the podcast 8 p.m. my time. And then going into the D and D at midnight my time, but I've no go the stuff today and a Sunday and a Monday, right. which I can flip around. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's quite amazing when you think back to how it used to be run, to now where we don't have a post production, no, like we, we do the post production like a, yeah we do it like Tuesday or Wednesday when mm-hmm. we then start talking about the next episode. Where we kind of think they are that because we've just got into that such a rhythm where you understand my time zones, I understand your time zones. Now we've got into that swing. The fact that it's taken a year for us to get into yeah. that swing, and in much as what we do together, is quite fucking incredible. Yeah, and I, like I said, it, it speaks to the fact that we now have a global community. Right. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, you, I didn't know anybody from Scotland. I had a pen pal back in school where I would <laughs> write somebody and weeks would go by and I'd get a letter back from wherever it was. And I'd be like, oh, hey, pen pal, this happened. Da, 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 da. And I'd have to wait weeks. Now I can be like, Chris, did you see this shit happen? <laughs> and you're like, yeah, motherfucker. Oh, by the way, it's 6 a.m. Fuck off. <laughs> Which I think that is an amazing thing that we now have global relationships. But it's also a negative because things like time zones. Like if you and I were in the same time zone, it wouldn't we wouldn't have a lot of the complications that we have. Yeah. Right? Oh, for sure. For sure. But... I also don't think that we would be as accountable for each other's time yeah. as we are now, right? Oh, definitely. I don't think, I think it would be, like you said, with people that are around you, you know you can just text or phone and the expectation that they're going to pick up. And I think, that yeah, i being in the same time zone would solve a lot of fucking complications that they come with. But at the same time, are the complications really worth adding in the other complications that would come with no having the time zones? Like, right. it's difficult when you're sitting talking, like, like we've had this conversation before where uh, a couple of things have been thinking about sponsorships for the podcast, and it's mm-hmm. like, well... It's hard to find me a sponsorship for the podcast because me based in the UK, you best in the US. 
straight away do we want to focus on like this company that wants to sponsor us? Only day things in the US were basically forgetting the entire half of the podcast at that point. Like I can't do anything with that. Like what what how can I show that company when I can't even get the products? How can I show that to Monster and Bill Bob and Joanne and Jodes and all that kind of stuff right. when they'll never be able to actually fucking get it? And vice versa. There's companies here that we might we, we could be able to get done, but they don't ship out to the US, so why the fuck would you want to shell a company that can't deliver to half of the fucking audience? Yeah, that, that, that that is a real problem, and I, I think I think the solve for that is we just do it. Like we recognize that your your deal with that company for the podcast only does that, and then the company I that I work with does that. I think yeah. that's a good compromise. But then again, like you said, it only services half the audience. But there has to be some sort of workaround, right? We have to do that. But we talked a couple weeks ago, you and I, particularly about how we want to make this like a full-blown production. We want to go full tilt. I got this awesome wall of text from you saying, this is the plan. This is what I'm doing. Well, then I had a conversation with Bernadette. I said, hey, if this thing pops off like it's going to, we might have to discuss some things. And one of the things that Bernadette and I talked about is, if Drunk Tank Productions, if and when, not just if, when, Drunk Tank becomes a big thing and and we do become more um, entrenched and, and more projects become available, we have to make decisions about production. Mm-hmm. And you had mentioned coming here and getting a production space. Yes. And initially that sounded great, but then I also thought about, well, is it is it cheaper or more cost-effective for you to stay in Scotland and get a space there and have me fly out for a month and us put a bunch of shit in the can yeah. and then me fly back. So Bernadette and I had this discussion. We're like, depending on what is more, what is more beneficial and what is more viable for the, the production is the way we need to go. And yeah. if, if me flying out once every couple months and then us taking a month to shoot and edit shit and have it ready to go is the better option, then that's what we're going to do. Yeah, no, exactly. And like, there is a lot of kind of things that... Logistics. Like, yeah, there's a lot of logistics, and obviously, before anybody says anything, there's a lot of things that have to happen first yes, before 100%. that becomes a reality or anything like right. that. It's not as if we've went, we're going to be massive, that we have to start considering this. It's more a case of, especially how my brain works, is I like to have fucking any eventuality, I need to know this is how it's going to be dealt with, right. because otherwise, if it's just fucking. 100%. If it just arrives and you've got nothing to fucking do with it, my brain goes, well, we're fucked. Um, Exactly. So it's like, I mean, as I said, I've spoke about coming out there, 
you've, as you said, spoke about coming out here and all that kind of stuff. Like, it is legitimate things that we have to actually consider because there is a lot of, as I said, with the plans that I have in my mind of how I want to go about it, or, like, the progress I want to make and where I want to be at certain time of the years and all that kind of stuff, a lot of things are going to have to happen. Yep. And, like like well. I said, like like ideas such as having proper production suites, having multiple fucking projects gone on, not just the podcast. Like, we've talked about having a cooking show. We've had, talked about having fucking news shows and talk shows and, and all this. We've talked about having multiple fucking personalities being a part of different things that, like, we, we talk about, look at the, the, the meeting we had yesterday or mm. Friday talking about, like, artwork and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, we got to talk about that, too, because I want to talk about yeah. that, because that... That doesn't get spoke about on, so I want to make a point about oh, yeah. talking about that, but continue. Yeah, but it was like what we were talking about there on like the logos and all that kind of stuff, and even to you, I'd made a point of the podcast side of things is for us, it's me and you, me and you are the face of the podcast stuff, mm-hmm. but as a production company, I don't want us to be the face of the production company. The production company has to be that neutral where I want to have multiple people involved in it. I want to have multiple aspects and projects and different things, like multiple fucking things going on that we maybe know be as much as we'll be a part of it, production and, and stuff like that and the helping out. There's a lot of things where it's like, if we they decide to do a cooking show, who's to say that either of me or you is going to be in it? Um, it's one of the ones that we could have a complete unknown fucking streamer coming in that does cooking shows and have a cooking show through our project, mm-hmm. but it's somebody else completely different that's actually involved in it. Right. That's the level where I want to be in the next five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years. It's yep. been at that level where we'll have multiple fucking things. Fuck, in 20 years' time, we could have our own fucking channel on TV. <laughs> right, that's, that's the thing. And and addressing that comes with understanding the balance and logistics of it. And yeah. one of the things I, when I was talking about it, I told, I was like, well, is everybody going to be okay with me fucking off for a month? If And the, the other conversation was, in order for that to happen, this all needs to be paying yeah. for itself. Like, this is all, <laughs> oh, there's yeah, got to be income generating for me to be like, um... Yeah, we have to justify those kind of decisions. Right, but the fact that we had the conversation, and one of the things that was said during that conversation was, who say you're going alone? Maybe it's we get an Airbnb for a month, and while I'm working, the kids are doing that, and B's doing her thing at the Airbnb. Yeah, and I was like, see different countries. That's a thing. That's that was like okay. That's a legitimate thing and as we talk about it the logistics of being business partners and friends and we talk about global global relationships right that's something that as you said it's taken me and you a year to get on the same clock yeah and we like we're tight like we know how to like a pipe like if it took us a year to figure out (laughs) oh shit time zones are a thing What's it like for other people? Like, I I can understand the struggle now. 
Yeah. Right? And I mean, like, in that kind of thing, like, who's to say that it has to just be about Scott or the UK or the US? There might be times where I turn around to you in six, seven years' time and go, by the way, see that show that we've got on the, tr- the Twitch channel out in Singapore? Uh-huh. You need to go out there for a month and start yeah. fucking getting shit filmed there, there yeah. because it's down. Like this is this is the the wee things that happen is with successful things that go. There's a lot of going back for, and it's another amazing aspect of the connectivity that the world has got is that one month you might be in fucking US, the next month you might have to go down to the UK, the next month you might be in fucking Brazil, then another project that we've got down there. Like these are the things that. Yes, it's no something that's in our fucking itinerary for the next three year. Right. But it's something that it's 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 fine to consider what the best outcome might be mm. whilst maintaining it might never happen. Might know. never ever get to that growth, might ever never get to that success. It's very rare that you get to that success. But if you were to go into these things that you're never going to hit this, what's the point in having the ambition? The ambition for everybody should be to hit the absolute fucking top of what you want today. And it should be fine to talk about it. It should be fine to be able to have discussions of what would be the situation if we hit this. Like, it's fine to be able to talk about where you want to be. There's a difference about being overconfident and cocky that you are going to hit that. Yep. But you should have the ability to put in place if this happens, who's going to be in charge of that? Right. If this happens, who's going to take control? Are we going to have to bring in somebody else when we get to this level? Are we going right. to have to bring somebody else in to be able to like, like that? Like, look at the, the, then the logos and that kind of stuff. We can't do it. Like, I can't fucking draw for shit. Right. Right? So it's like... If if we don't have the thing, like, a successful business is run by people that understand their limitations and are willing to Uh accept the limitations to bring in somebody that can do the job better. Right. Like, that's that's how you get success, is accepting that you don't know fucking everything. You can't do everything. There's people that can do shit better. You can be the best at something. But there'll be somebody that's better at you than something else. And being able to accept that makes things so much easier to get success because you have that ability to be able to go, well, I can't do that, so let's bring somebody else in that can do it. Just pay somebody that knows what the fuck they're doing and get the best outcome. Yeah, there was a um, there was a story back in the day. I believe it was Henry Ford, the guy who invented... The basic, the American automotive industry, essentially. Henry Ford, back in the early days, when he was designing his company, Ford Motor Car, right? He And if I get it wrong, the comments will kill me, but this is how I remember it I, from back in history class. Um, Somebody asked Henry Ford about engineering or, or some sort of high-end mechanical shit. Mm-hmm. They were like, Mr. Ford, well, do you know X, Y, and Z? And I believe Henry Ford's response was, no, but I know the best guy in the field, and I'm about to go hire his ass. Yeah. And look at Ford now. They're global icons. 
they're one of the they were one of the two big to fail companies uh that you know a thing so that being said is very true like look at michael jordan global icon nike entrepreneur he doesn't know nike's business but he knows a guy that knows the business and that guy said yo mike this is the deal and mike had enough prescience and, and forethought to go that guy's pretty fucking smart maybe he should do that look at the rock as a modern example dwayne johnson the biggest icon right now 20 billion dollar man right global superstar he literally tweets on a regular basis i'm an idiot but this guy on my team is a goddamn genius and i listen to that guy so yes being able to to recognize the fact that your limits are your limits and putting your ego aside and saying, I can't do X, Y, and Z, but she or he or they can, and mm-hmm. I'm going to pay them the money so they're on my team and not somebody else's team is definitely a savvy move for success. Yeah. And a lot of times, creators or anybody in a, in a business space don't like to relinquish control because it's not theirs right so when we talked about the logos this week you and i we were bouncing ideas boom 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 but the one thing we both said was i can't draw for shit yeah let's find somebody and then the process started of well what about this guy how about that how what style do we want to do it how can we and then it was like how can we save money but yet pay the artist their worth so then i went on a process of Reaching out to artists and uh, Kadavra, my guy who did the uh, not gonna work too many projects in his queue, talked to him and said that's fine. But then he then put me on somebody else who does logos, and I reached out to the artist and said, I don't need everything in this thing that you're offering. Can we do a deal? Because I like your art style, I like your portfolio, I think you can work, and I like a lot of the options you have as a seller Mm -hmm. can we work a deal where you do x y and z with x y and z features and the artist who's from pakistan was like okay i'll make a custom deal for you here's the price here's the services within what we were discussing with kirk cadavra uh then i said okay i accept the deal but i need a couple days to get the project yeah. in layout. So can we have this deal on the table? And when I get the the project in layout, can we commit and jump in? Their response yeah. was, I'm fine as long as I don't get other projects in the interim. I said, that's fair. You yeah. got to work too. Exactly. But we now have a pretty decent artist and I'll, I'll send you some of their portfolio work um, later that's willing to do the logos and the overlays in one package because for the overlays for the drunk tank, we don't need face cam frames. We don't need alerts. We don't need panels. We don't yeah. need transitions. We don't need animations. We need a starting screen. 
and maybe I'll be right back because shit happened, technical <laughs> difficulties, and maybe a stream's over. Thanks for coming. Tip your waitress. Stream. Yeah. So we're gonna roll that all into one package, so I don't gotta go to four different artists now. Because <laughs> I literally after that production meeting ramped up or ended, I then started writing the design document, getting the reference images tagged and written descriptions in the document, and then. I went down my list of prospective artists who I was looking at dealing with and then went into the DMs. Hey, project, 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 project. And then I waited because they were all from different countries. Yeah. Well, normally, like, when I text somebody, I'm like, bitch, it's been 45 seconds. I know you're awake. Text me back. I waited. And... I finally got to somebody that I think is going to knock it out the park. Um, and I the, the details we've discussed are agreeable in terms. So I'm hoping mm -hmm. um, my next plan is when I'm done here, because I can't do the RPG tonight, um, I'm going to play Madden for a little bit because I need to process yeah, that. you need your time. And then I'm going to jump right back into writing the document and getting the reference images tagged and folded. And then sent off to them, and then I'm gonna commit to the to the gig, and then the gig's gonna take a week or more because there's yep. a lot of fucking work because <laughs> there's like multiple logos and multiple screens, and they're like, "Oh, I can knock it out in a day." No, you're not. You're gonna take your time and get it right. I literally told the artist, "No, <laughs> don't give me that one day turnaround shit. I don't want that." Yeah. I want you to have a decent amount of time, so I'll give you seven to ten days. Alright? That's a fair that's Even a, at that? Well like, yeah, but that's what they agreed to. They didn't they were like, I don't want all that time because I'll be lazy. I was like, yeah. alright, well then seven to ten days, whatever, fuck. Right? We got unlimited revisions on anything before I finalize the project, right? Yeah. But they were like, Yeah, I can knock that out in a day, and I'm like, mm-mm. No 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 no. This is all custom shit. Like, yes, some of it is repurposing and, and modifying art to, to fit what we need, right? Repurposing it to make it our own and put our own spin on it, but your base is basically done. Yeah. I don't want shit turned around in a day. Because that might not be your best work. And so I was like, what what's a good time frame for you? What's a realistic time frame? And they were like, fine, like, Seven or ten days. And I was like, are you sure? They're like, I could do it in a day. I was like, legit. <laughs> so I think we've agreed on like a seven or ten day turnaround because they don't have any projects in their queue right now. So I think that's yeah. acceptable. I think that's fine. And it comes yeah. down to working with people in another country, understanding my expectations, understanding their expectations. Because let's face it. If you've seen any of my art on my channel, I have a very high standard for my production, right? And I'm not throwing shade at other streamers or whatnot. Sometimes they'll just, they're happy to get whatever slapped up on the channel. Not this guy. I agonize over the production details, over the quality. Because I know production and value are my strong points for my brand. Gameplay, the looks, you know, 
not I'm not the greatest gamer. I'm not the prettiest guy to look at. So I then make sure that my quality of production and my value are strengths for me. And I may be wrong. I may be right, depending. So I I do. I I I allow artists, especially an artist, to say, "Hey, you're gonna take time. I want you to take time with this." I don't want some crazy ass 24 hour turnaround because I don't want it if it's just like you slapped it together. I want somebody who's talented at a craft to have the ability to use their craft to their fullest. So for like me and you, we can just do whatever we need to do. But like drawing and animating and designing takes time. So, I don't I don't know where I'm going with it. I, I had to ramble and then I went off on a train and now I'm trying to figure it out. Um, it comes down to understanding that expectations need to be met, but they also need to be um, moderated by the fact that time zones and turnarounds for businesses are a thing and giving an artist the ability to do the work, but yet not giving them enough where they're going to agonize over, is it perfect? And that's something I've had to learn since doing not only the podcast, but doing the streaming is like, if I had my way, I'd give an artist all the time in the world to get it perfect. But then I also realized I I can't (laughs) let them have a a year to design something because I need to Yeah, plus how much perfection can something really be done? Like, if somebody can... Like, like, like Dredd said, like he said, a lot of construction jobs never end because people think taking longer equates to a better job. And yes, that is true, but at the same time, there's a lot of construction jobs that corners are cut and it's shitty work because people want it done as quickly as possible and don't give ample time. I think it's one of the ones that different projects require different kind of things. Like... There is too much time, like turning around and saying, or oh, give the guy two months to be able to do something. That's just silly. That's just timing. It's different if you're going, oh, you've got a lot of other work on. If I don't need the job done immediately, take the time as long as I'm getting good work. I don't care how long it is. But there's a difference between giving someone extra time to do a job because they have other things on to make sure that you're getting the right kind of work done. But at the same time, you don't want to give them too short a time because there is people out there that cut corners and they do this and they do that. Like, like granted, like you look at when I got my moat done, the first moat that I was getting done took a month and I got fuck all. It was shite. It was it was timey. Right. There was too much time right. there. The the second moat I got done <sighs> was done within fucking nine hours, and it was I I, I love it. It it's was great. what I wanted. It was what I said that I wanted and all that kind of stuff. So it is, I think it's one of the ones that different people involved in the different projects differentiate the time given. There's some companies that, yeah, you could get away with getting a construction company to put up a shed and it'll take them a day. They don't need a week. Mm. But people might turn around and go, no, I want you to done it a week and then they're twiddling their thumbs for six days. But in the other things... I would rather be able to give people the time and make sure the things are done right mm-hmm. as opposed to getting perfection. Like, perfection's one thing. Mm-hmm. It can be handled in any kind of time zone, but there's a difference between getting it done right 
and getting it done quick. Hundred percent. Like that's that's just it. But like I said, like the guy probably doesn't need seven to ten days to get it done. That might right. be excessive. Right. But for me, it's mere. I'd rather give the people the time they require to get it done right, as opposed mm-hmm. to getting it done. But to Dred's point, there is so much, like this road work that gets done, and it's like three weeks worth of road works. And whenever you pass the road works, there's nobody there working. Yeah, right. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. why the fuck is this taking so long? If they were to be there and do the job for like X amount of time, they could get it done quicker. But at the same time, you then also have to put in things where it's like, well, if they're relaying the road, there's different steps that need to be taken. Like once they put in like the first level of foundation, that needs to sit for three days before they can put the next layer on. Because if anything bubbles up or anything happens or it like that, they need to be able to see it. They can't just fucking layer up the road. That's it built. There's there's time periods that things need to set and all that. But at the same time, you're like, ah, why does it keep fucking going? Like, why are we still in this six months later to just fucking lay a road? It shouldn't take that time. So I think it is one of the ones, it depends on what the situation is. And that's how I see it is. And at the end of the day, I'm not going to say it to you because I, I said to you literally two days ago, I was happy just letting you fucking, mm-hmm. this was your thing, you go and deal with it. I have total trust. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> yeah, and, and like I said, we kind of sort of the the last bit on this is um, our relationship is that we're like, you're like, okay, I I trust you. You're, you, you understand, like, your thing is production and your thing is tech and getting all that stuff done. You are a beast with like the web design and uh the fucking business side like you got this shit up and rolling at all minute. i wouldn't know the first fucking thing <laughs> about how to do that and i think that speaks to our relationship right i understand where your strengths and weaknesses are you understand where mine are and we're okay and we trust each other to come back to the table and be like here's where we're at this is the process we went through to get here should we finalize? And it's not like I'm going to be like, I'm going to get the proofs and be like, that's dope. Finalize it. No, I'm going to get the proofs and then be like, I'm going to tell the artist, I'm going to need some time before finalizing this design because my business partner's on the other side of the world. Yeah. And I'm not going to finalize it without having you take a look and go, yeah, okay, or no, or add your input. Even though yeah. you trust me to do it, I still need you to look at it and say, okay, I'm, I agree. Just like when you were talking about um, getting the website, you, you before you went live with the website, you were like, hey, yeah. look at this, da 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 da. And I think that's I think that's key in any relationship, uh, especially yeah. a relationship that's a global relationship like mine and yours, is having oh, that, having that built in time dilation where it's like, okay. I may have projects done, but then I gotta wait for Chris, or Chris has gotta wait for me. Yeah, and I I think that's one of the one of the things that in any relationship people can take away is give your partner the time, give them their time to analyze and and process and give their input on anything you do, instead mm. of expecting an immediate yes or no. 
And I think I, I'm I'm getting better at that with Bernadette because Bernadette is one of these people like if you overwhelm her, she like disappears. Like I I disappear to some extent, but I'll still keep an earphone open and respond to stuff. Yeah. Even if I'm in a bad state, I'll be like, What do you need? You overwhelm Bernadette, she's gone. <laughs> Don't even try. Because it's going to make it worse. Because now she has to internalize it and work through it. And then debate and wager everything. before yeah. I. Get... And then later on, I'll be like, did I make you mad? <laughs> and she'll be like, this is why I was frustrated. Not with you, even though I think it was with me. Yeah. I've learned over the years to be like, okay, I'm going to have to be anxious and worry for a while while she does her shit. Because with me, like, if I do something wrong, I want to correct it immediately. I'm like a dog. Like, I pissed on the carpet, discipline me, and then go back to loving me, move on. Right? Yeah. That's a dog's yeah. mentality. I fucked up. I got disciplined. We're cool now, right? You're going to pat me and give me treats and tell me I'm a good boy again? Yeah. <laughs> Not Bernadette's mentality at all. Like, there's a mistake. She's then going to dissect it, process it, analyze it. Reanalyze it, redissect it, reprocess it, and then maybe then it'll be how we're gonna handle it. Which, yeah. So, I guess in all things, allowing somebody time, whether it's to complete a project or work on themselves, is a key thing that we should all take away from this. Um, that being said. For not having a topic and drinking a lot of booze, <laughs> I think we're doing all right. And I think we should probably move on to the happy ending because we're coming up on two and a half. Um, unless you have a final point to add. Feel yeah, free to well I think for me, I kind of covered a lot of things that I probably just rambled on about shit that probably doesn't make sense to a lot of people. But I mean, I'm half a pint down, so. Makes sense. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. In every sense of the word, it makes perfect sense. But so I, I feel as if this episode, we've kind of went with the whole, like the original pro point of the project was that it was two guys as if we were in the pub, rambling yep. about whatever topic was in our fucking mind at that moment in time. Oh, so I feel good. as if we went back to our roots. Like this is this is our retro episode, our flashback episode, <laughs> right. to what we thought was going to be at the very beginning. But I mean, to be fair, we do both. We've gotten to the point where we can do both. Yeah, and I think Which is, that's, that's good. I think it's great that we can do both. Some, I think, I think it's great that we can just pub bullshit like we are yeah. today, and yeah. we can do directed topical discussion. And I, I yeah, I exactly. That, I think that's. I think not to be an egotistical jerk. I think that's a feather in our cap because a lot of times you listen to shows or, or podcasts or whatever, they have to be scripted or directed and otherwise they fall apart, right? Yeah. I talked a little bit about the Untaken Haven, a podcast I had with a bunch of younger younger cats who were up-and-coming non-affiliate streamers. I wasn't an affiliate streamer. That show went on for eight fucking hours one time because we didn't <laughs> even know what the fuck we were doing. Yeah. Right? And then somebody would be like, oh, blah, blah, blah. And then... Their next week's show would be two and a half hours of like to the point. And it yeah. fell apart. 
because we couldn't do both. We like half of the guys couldn't talk on topics and they could just ramble. The other half of the guys couldn't ramble. They had to be topical. And I think, and no shade on them guys, those boys. I love those boys. Those boys <laughs> will forever be. There was a running joke on that discord and that, and that thing of, I was the old man running with a bunch of kids. Cause I was, I was like 40 <laughs> some years old and they were like 19, 20, 23. So every time there was a tweet or whatever, it was like old man docs in the, I'm taking Haven boys. I was like, literally the old, like Robin Williams and hook Peter Pan to a bunch of fucking lost boys. Like literally. <laughs> so the fact that you and I, can pub chat with no topic for two and a half, three hours and still be intellectually intelligent and make poignant points. Oh, about, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> make poignant, address, meaningful points. And then next week we'll be like, all right, well, let's talk about policing or, or gaming inequality or, or whatever fucking highbrow concept topic we talk about. <laughs> Yeah. And it works for us. I think that's a feather in our cap, and if anybody says otherwise, see your ass to the bouncer. Yeah. But for those of you that are not new to the show or new to the show, we like to end our shows with what we call the happy ending. Now, we used to have a body audio transition that <clears throat> didn't go over so well. And I'm a little salty about it because it was really good. But the happy ending, we talk about two stories, we give a little discussion about it. Of something we feel that is important and needs to be kind of highlighted. So, last week we started with my greedy ass. <laughs> so, this week I need to find the document so I can put it up in the... Oh, you're good. I can put it up. Okay. So, let's start, with, let's start with yours this week. What do, what do, well, what do you got? Mine's is quite short. Mine's is now a long one, but it's a big fucking topic because for the first time since I can fucking remember doing this shit, Florida Ooh. is in the news for something good. It has there been some guy that's fucking stolen a goose on a lawnmower while drinking beer? It's no somebody's done some murder or something like that, but in Florida, something good has came out yet. And what it is, is that the state of Florida has rejected a plan to drill for oil in the Everglades. Nice! Right? Um, it was the state environmental regulators ruled the proposed well could the proposed well could impact water supplies and endangered species such as the Florida panther. So the, a panther. the the ruling determined the proposed well is located in the environmentally sensitive Big Cypress watershed. It would mm -hmm. be adjacent to areas that would likely be developed. The near still in projects into the produce proposed sites were dry holes and there has been no exploratory drilling there in forty years. So it, I think what they were trying to say is that there's no reason for it. It's right. been 40 years since you tried to see if there was oil there. You've made no attempts to try and fucking figure that shit out. So, no, fuck off. But um, opposition came for people who say it could contaminate the water supply. Uh, trucks would disrupt 
uh, the prime habitats of the flora de panther and stuff like that, which I'm pretty sure it does say that the uh, the flora de panther is endangered as we are. So it's it's one of the ones. See, dread. That's what I thought when I first seen this. I was at. Is it like Florida and like Asia? Is there a city in Asia called Florida? Like maybe there's somewhere else out with Florida. Like maybe it's like Florida, Wisconsin. <laughs> but this story's came out. But it's actual fucking Florida with the Everglades. Uh, it's like is it North Fort Myers or some shit like that? Yeah, like I think so. I looked at it a little bit. Yeah, these details don't really matter. The fact is, is Florida done good? <laughs> the the Florida panther is still endangered, but like they're not doing things to make it even worse. And the Everglades are safe from oil dicks and tycoons right. and stuff like that. Good like, on you, Florida. It's it's, it's such a ha- there's so much happiness that comes out of this one fucking story. Like like, but yes, Florida, be fucking proud of yourself. Be happy, like you've done good here. Try and continue it. I mean, it's all it's all good and well having the random fucking drunk naked doing the highway, but trying to immerse shit like this, it'll <laughs> bode well for you. <laughs> Dude, it, for Florida to not be Florida man is a rarity and should be marked on the calendar. Um, I remember a Florida man story. I don't know if you and I talked about it, but there was a Florida couple who got pulled over with a car full of snakes and depleted uranium. And the guy's response was... No, it was in the same vehicle. No, that's what I'm saying. I wouldn't even put it by, like, even if we haven't spoken about it, it probably happened. And the guy's response was, well, I figured I could make a super snake. Yeah, like, I'm not even surprised, if I'm being honest. Like, here in the UK, and, like, I say here in the UK because it's only been people in the UK that I've seen, like, it's been about, it might be a worldwide thing, but there is a thing where what you do is you type Florida man in your date of birth to find out what a Florida man done on your birthday. Like, like I can just go, let's say, Florida man... And then my date of birth, I'm not going to tell you what that is because that's not how we roll, right? Boom. Hot fucking thing. Florida man shoots self in head to see if round is in the chamber. That is the story of Florida man on my birthday. (laughs) That is how, like, that is something that we do. Here anyway <laughs> is how you find out what your Florida man birthday story is. <laughs> I'm sorry. Are you good <laughs> You literally type in the pin in your birthday. Like, yeah, go check yours. Okay, yeah. Do you put like month and date, or do you do just, like year? No, just like a Florida man, day month, and then hit enter into Google. That's it. Okay, here we go. I'm curious now. It might you might have a tweet, you might have a news story, you might have something, but it's usually your top thing tells you. Here you go. 
Florida man arrested for petting girlfriend with McDonald's sweet and sour packets. There you go. It's it's just it's <laughs> hey, baby. I'm gonna pet you with the sweet and sour. Let me tell you something that's even more hilarious. I've just fucking found that this. Was the, that was the top response. Yes. There's an actual challenge website where you can literally just go and put in your fucking birthday, month and day. Just search your fucking thing and it'll give you a whole bunch. Let's see. Uh, Coco, Florida. Authorities say they arrested a Florida man who threatened to shoot Walt Disney on Facebook. <laughs> There's another one that came for my birthday. It's just, it's, it's, it's hilarious, it's fucked up, but it's hilarious. Here's, here's the second response I got for that. Florida man accused of putting semen in co-workers' water. <laughs> so the fact that Florida has a, has a, we didn't decide, we didn't let them drill in the Everglades. Good on you, Florida. Good on you. He's even a funnier one. I'd say funnier one. It was the funny for the Uber driver, right? right? St. Petersburg, Florida. A St. Petersburg man was arrested Thursday after police reports say he beat up an Uber driver with a water bottle, a car antenna, and a cane belonging to an elderly bystander. <laughs> so some old dude is just walking there with his cane, and this get Florida man went, hold on, give me that fucker, and just started wailing on an Uber driver. So, I mean, to be not to stray too far from the heavy ending, but god damn, Florida! This is a good for, thing. Here's the thing day. that comes. This day. is it. Like, there's something good came out of Florida. Like, keep doing this shit. Don't do the, the hitting an Uber driver with a, a guy's cane. Like, do the, the, the good shit. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and I, I know one of our, a couple of our, I, I know a couple of our friends. At least one of our friends is from Florida, Rev uh, Goldie, who's on Discord and as uh, hangs out with me. He's originally from Florida, or he moved from Alabama to Florida. He claims Florida as like his home state. So I mean, for Rev to have a good day with Florida in the news, that's that that warms my heart. It's Mine... also confusing that he, he was from Alabama, but consider why would you consider like why when you don't have to would you consider Florida your home state? Because <laughs> you'd think that he wouldn't want to do that. Because <laughs> Alabama's worse than Florida. I know, but just doing some things, Florida ain't that far behind. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, like you said, short and sweet, no oil drilling, they're protecting the Everglades, and it's yeah. not some dude fucking a gator or whatever. Good on you, Florida. <laughs> you're you're alright today. Yeah. Congratulations. Um, congratulations. My story is kind of an interesting one. Uh, a lot of times we talk about loss of community, loss of culture on the podcast, it sort of works its way in. Mine talks about a sous chef bringing indigenous food back to the forefront of American diets. And let's face it, American diets are crap. So any sort of any sort of change that's going to shake that up for the better and maybe bring back a culture, uh, a cultural touchstone for people that live in this country, good news in my part. So um, 
basically the story breaks down is a uh sean sherman aka the sous chef uh on social media or whatever has made strides to reintroduce native indigenous ingredients and indigenous dishes to um culture right he says um he said he got a job in the restaurant industry as a dishwasher worked his way up as he fostered a love of cooking he moved to minnesota he studied japanese and french cuisine and he realized he didn't know shit about his people's food (laughs) he's like i know i know baguettes and truck and i know sushi and i know tempura I don't know a goddamn thing about what my granddad and my granddad's granddad ate. Right? So, uh, Sean Sherman is a a Lakota native by descent. And Lakota native, Lakotas are kind of mashed into a conglomeration of tribes known as the Sioux tribes. The Sioux tribe natives are, were originally from, sort of the Great Plains region, like Minnesota, uh, uh, the Dakotas, uh, Nebraska, I think, in that area. My my own country's geography is because yeah. I'm like halfway through the bottle of mead and I overslept. So, forgive <laughs> me. So, um, they're also, the, the Sioux people are two distinct tribes. There's the Lakota and the Nakota. And they occupied different parts of the Great Plains region. <clears throat> and so they they were oppressed. And I to get to the happy ending, I gotta go into a little bit of history. The American people tried to eradicate indigenous people. No bullshit, no way around it. White settlers were like, You gonna die, boy. Literally. They did their damnedest to wipe out native peoples. Native peoples being who they are, were like no, white boy, we're going to put up a fight. And it got to a point where U.S. people were like, well, we can't kill you. We can't get rid of you. So we're just going to shove you off in your own little realm and take away everything that is you. We're going to completely eradicate your cultural identity. We're going to force you to learn our language, follow our religions, everything, right? So this poor dude... Had no clue on what his people eat. So then he started to delve into it, right? Mm. He started to really focus on it. Three years, these he said, years of research, talking to tribal elders, cons- writing every known written material. He learned it, internalized it. And in 2018, this dude won the James Beard Award. And for those of you, like, you know what that means. You, you're, you're like a trained chef. I'm a backyard cook at best. <laughs> but the James Beard Award is a pretty prestigious honor from my understanding. Right? Yeah, I, it's a lot more American. Is it? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure, like, I've heard of it. Okay, but... I thought it was a sort of a global culinary. Oh, it definitely is, like, um... I think, but I'm pretty sure it like stemmed from kind of like I'm sure it was an American uh, American chef that thing made it, and a lot of the things it is it is more centered on like American cooking, American cookbooks, okay. American chefs, and stuff like that. 
Uh, but it is still big. Like, it's a big award, but it's like the NFL. You claim to be a world champion, but the only clubs that play in it are American, so how, how is that a world that? championship? Like, yep. you're no really world champions, you're American champions. <laughs> so, I, but I, def- I have heard of it. It is a big thing. Right. So, he goes on to describe, and I, I'm, I'm going into a little more detail than normally, because I actually had a, a lot of time to read this and, and kind of internalize it, because it's important to me, and I'll tell you why. I'm a big one about culture. We talk about it all the time. I study forensic anthropology and all that stuff. Culture to me is big. And my family, and if they watch this, they're probably going to hate me. They like to claim we's native. Like, all day. I had my DNA done about a couple years ago. Bruh, we are 0.7% Native American, okay? We ain't even a full percent Native but my cousins are like, native fried bitches, let's go. Like, we've got family trees that date back to, like, Indi- like native princesses and stuff. And I'm like, not according to the DNA. So I had an interest because of my, you know, growing up thinking I was a native and, and my interest in culture. So one of the challenges that Sean Sherman talked about was he had to cut out all the colonial ingredients. He had no clue how how much it had worked its way in yeah. into even his research. He was like, That's, that shit didn't, that wasn't here. So he said he cut out stuff like dairy, wheat, cane sugar. And he also now incorporated ingredients um, like hyssop, which is a shrub that's similar to thyme and margarine. Uh, he uses cedar and dandelion, mushrooms, native squashes, corn, corn ash, sunchoke, sassafras leaves, bergamot, wild rice, and berries. Those are all like indigenous ingredients to here that his people back in the day made. He didn't know about until he woke up one day and said, I need to figure this shit out. Also, this hits close to my heart too, because I'm a man after this. His meat choices near what was hunted by his ancestors, bison, deer, Riverfish, game birds. Oh, if you know anything about docks, docks' favorite meat of all times is wild game. Elk meat, bison meat, venison, all that. I don't like beef, chicken, and pork. I don't. It's cheap and it's available. I eat it. But, bro, get you some elk heart. Get you some elk steak. Get you some bison ribs. Get you some duck and some rabbit, like, all day, right? So, okay, hang on, I need a minute. <laughs> okay, back on task. So, he, he then talks about how for indigenous people who went through intense assimilation, we lost a lot of our culture, our food culture. No shit! I said it in the opening of this article. The colonial Americans had an agenda to eradicate your ass. To yeah. make you not a people. So when I read the article, I was both elated and heartbroken because here's a guy whose people were here first, who had tens of millions of people on this continent that were wiped out by plague, evidence shows. Then the ones that did survive the plague and death and a bunch of white folks in shitty shoes and hats come over and go, 
no, 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 homie. This is our spot. Here's a flag, and you can fuck off and die. And if you don't like it, you can either join us, <laughs> or we're going to make a concerted effort to destroy you. And if this triggers any white fucking person in the chat, or listening to it, facts are undeniable. We literally did that. And if you look at recent news, they're finding mass graves under these re-education schools for Native peoples across Canada and now across the U.S. So don't come at me and say, well, Docs, you're wrong. Because the yeah. facts are the facts. And now this guy came out and said, yo, I, I didn't know shit about what we ate. Yeah. And he went on a sojourn to find out what his people ate to reconnect with not only himself, but his people and his food culture. Food culture is ubiquitous. If there is no great in, in, uniter in anything in the world, in my opinion, than a meal. You can sit down with anybody over a meal and have a discussion. They can be a complete, total fucking asshole. But if you sit down and have a meal and you have open dialogue and you're open, you'll get a better understanding of that person's perspective, whether their perspective is completely 180, like, long by your moral upbringing, but not illegal. Let, let's let's clarify. Any sane, legal, responsible human being, not a whack job, race, like, nothing. A meal with somebody that you have differences with can bring you together in a way that no other form can. And the fact that this dude is now succeeding and yeah. thriving because he was he was he was a dude lost in Japanese and French cuisine, right? Didn't know shit. Middling. This dude then goes on a soldier and rediscovers culture and bring it to the forefront, is now flourishing. He's award winning. The dude can now take that, as he says in the article, to educate others. Dude's got a restaurant in Minnesota. I now have a reason to go back. To where I came from. Because I want to stop off in Minnesota and get a meal at this guy's table. Because I want to educate myself. Because I know a lot about French cuisine. I know a lot about Italian cuisine. I know a lot about Japanese cuisine. I know a lot about German cuisine. I know a lot about Thai food. Because I, I learned about it. I, I experimented with it. I ate at restaurants. But I, I ate at the restaurants where those people eat at. I didn't do the white boy thing and go, I'm going to go eat at this restaurant where all the white folks is at. I went, what is the Mexicans eating at? Because I want to know about Mexican food. Right? So I'm going to go yeah. eat at this guy's table. And if I get a chance, I kind of want to talk to the guy. Because I want to know what it was like reconnecting to a culture through food. I want to know what it was. I want to know more about it. I'm intrigued. So after this podcast, I'm going to follow that guy on social media. Because <laughs> I'm curious to know what he's doing. And I want to pick up his cookbook. I think he's got. I think he put out a cookbook. I think. Yeah, that it was his cookbook that won the uh, James Bond. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to get the guy's cookbook now because I want to. I live in America. I want to now, because I've always had an interest in it. Because I grew up thinking I was a native kid. I've always had an interest in learning more about what the people before me ate, and now. I got a, I got, I got some, I got some options. Yeah. So a, bro, a brother's gonna experiment, and I think it speaks to a larger volume of like this man now has a part of himself he didn't have before. Yeah, 
and I think it's brilliant and it's moving. I don't know what what what, what do you think? What do you want to add? If anything, yeah, but there's not really much merit. I'd tell like it's it is it's always a nice thing when you actually see it and like they're making an attempt to actually bring back. Like you look at the last week when I was talking about the COP26 mm-hmm. and how world leaders are putting like $1.7 billion into like the indigenous survival and stuff like that. So like it is something that it is a talked about topic now. People start to make like if our effects to actually do something about it. And this is just another example of it is that they're, they're moving forward and they're actually doing things to make it the way it should be let's be honest like this is exactly how it should be actually done is understanding and accepting that they are here you can't sweep them under the the rug mm-hmm. like it is a people that belong here they yeah. started here yeah. like everywhere not just like the native americans i mean like the indigenous people of yeah, like the, you have the all over the, the world right? Well, like, we, even just that, like, we had the Highland Clearances where it was the English were trying to get rid of the Scots. Yeah. Like, they, they banned the tartan, they banned their culture, they banned their foods and all that kind of stuff to try and, like, they took land off of the Celtic people to turn it into farms yep. and stuff for, like, livestock and that. So it's like, everywhere there is a group of Indigenous people that have been fucked, basically, by settlers that have came in for some other fucking place and like it's just it's it's a breath of fresh air to actually see things like this where it's like they're actually making the choice to give it its rightful place 100% agreed 100% man and I, I, I think it's I think it's great that um, you and I at least follow through with a lot of what we talk about on the Happy Ending Urban. Since we started the podcast and we've done the Happy Ending, which is 100% hands down, all the credit on the Happy Ending goes to you. I, when you pitched it, I thought it was a brilliant idea. It was something I had never even considered because I've done podcasts. Bernadette and I podcast sometime. We talk about our life from time to time. I did the On Taking Hammer podcast. Never in my mind did I consider looking, finding good news. And it's one of my favorite parts of the podcast. Because I have now learned so much that I didn't know before. Like we talk about um, Alzheimer's. We've talked about that in the Happy Ending a couple times. I know more about Alzheimer's than just it's a disease that I'm terrified of. I now know some of the issues that are caused by it. I now know some of the things that I can do to protect myself against it. I now know that there's, I know a lot more about zero carbon stuff and, and uh, solar power and, and a lot more about, I just know more because of the happy ending. (laughs) And you and I follow through because on a couple articles, you and I have reached out to the a couple companies and said, "Hey, we talked about your company. Tell us more." Like the the one alcohol company, the, yeah. the Avada or whatever. 
And then yeah, I they... messaged, I, I follow people on social media now. Like, I'm going to follow this guy now because I'm intrigued about his story. Yeah. And I want to know more about Native cuisine or Indigenous cuisine now. And, yeah, exactly. And the happy ending to me is such a essential and important part. And I'm now trying to find ways, and I've just just now it dawned on me that I want to try and incorporate more of the happy endings to more than just the podcast. Maybe I get up and I read a good from the. Again, 95% of my happy endings come from the Good News Network. Shout out to the Good News Network, by the way. Because everything's collated. It's global. Yeah. It's like, maybe an hour a day, I need to just pick an article and read it. Because I've learned so much, and the happy ending means so much to this podcast and me now. And 100% shout out to you for coming up with that idea, bro. Brilliant. Amazing. Like, I don't know... If if anything, if if anything, knock on wood, if the podcast would ever dissolve or whatever or doesn't pan out, I'm still gonna look in at the happy ending and be like, oh, definitely, yeah, hundred percent, bro, brilliant idea. But anyway, uh, final thoughts on any happy endings or anything we talked about, and then we'll go through the where we can find you shit. No, like uh, you kind of said it yourself. Like it has brought a lot of light to, like. When I first wanted to do it, I always had this belief that if we ever done anything regarding like news or topics or anything like that, I always wanted to end up because it used to be a British thing on the BBC right. is that it would always end on the good news where it was one story they would talk about everything that shitty that was happening, but they would always end on the good news that would happen that day, and it sort of got lost along the way, and my beliefs on like. Uh, mainstream media and all that kind of stuff the bad news always gets the attention it's always the shitty things and even to the point where some media outlets create and focus on the bad things to drum up even more shitty news that they can come up with and that was why I always believed that if I was going to be involved in something like this it had to have the ending where the good news thing where we talk about good things that happened bring light to different things that were going on around the world where it was people being kind, be people being helpful, people being good, because so often than not, it was always the shitty people you heard about. It was always about the terrorists and the murderers and the 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 abusers and look how shitty this is and look how shitty that is. And it just it was just such a mental health fucking complication where it was like all you were seeing was the doom and gloom but there's so much good in the world and I just feel as if if we were to put more light on a being good it maybe sparked people to be more good, be good, be kind, help people where you can, like yeah like no everybody can be in a situation where they can help someone but if you're ever in a situation you can help one, help them don't think it's a weakness. Don't think that that if you're helping them, you're falling into this fucking trap. Like, I know there's people that rip the ass and they'll make, they'll like take advantage of kind people. But that, but the the good that can come off the the three out of five times you're good that somebody benefits, that's better than like no doing it at all. 
Like, right. I've been burned so many times helping somebody and no having the appreciation it being an advantage. They're just ripping the ass and I'm losing it and all that. But the couple of times that actually helped somebody that needed it far outweighs the assholes that took advantage. And yep. that's the way I see it is just the mere and mere we can make it a point of be fucking kind. It's really no that difficult. It's one of the easiest things you can do is just be fucking kind to somebody. Like, smile at somebody when you're walking down the street. That smile can completely change their outlook. Saying hello to somebody that you're passing by can make them go, do you know what? I'm no fucking invisible. Right. Like, there's so many things that a simple fucking task can be that can completely change somebody's outlook on things. And just having that understanding the thing that just because it doesn't affect you directly, don't have the expectation that in order for you to be good, you have to gain something. You don't You don't need shit back from it. Be kind for the sake of being kind. Be understanding for the sake of being understanding. There's plenty of times where I've been in a situation where it's really been nothing on me to just accept somebody for the way they are. like And me doing something in order to make their life that little bit fucking easier. Like, it's no difficult concept to accept. It's just, just don't be a cunt. Like, that is that is the main thing. It is do not be a cunt, be good. And exactly. eventually it will come back. It will, it always comes fucking full uh, circle. Uh, yep. And, and on that note, I, I couldn't have said it better myself, and I'm not going to. So, Chris, tell the people where they can find you and where they can be part of the conversation. Uh, well, you can find me everywhere. Um, on social media, Twitch, Twitter, uh, at Chrissy C90. It's the same in everything. I've tried to keep the handle as simple as fucking possible. <laughs> yeah, 100%. I, uh, branding, because branding, kids. Uh, and you guys know me. You hear all the time. You hear me all the time. My uh, erroneous voice. You can get me on Twitter and TikTok and Instagram at DocsRyan. You can reach me at the drunktank.com up there we got a connect button where we host the podcast episodes we we have a email where you can reach out to us we have all the happy endings up there that's all on chris's plate he does an amazing job with it and i mean first i want to thank you guys for being here i want to thank chris for being here just killing it as always and then i mean reach out to us because this is a this is a conversation it's not just two guys bullshitting their way through stuff yeah. We want you to be involved. Even though it sounds like that. <laughs> yeah, we want you to be involved. So um, we appreciate you guys and um, get at us. Um, anything to add, Chris, other than say bye? That's, I think we had a pretty solid All right. episode. All right, guys. We'll talk to you later. Say bye, Chris. Bye, Chris.